I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first listen. listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct, but most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. He said this was almost a relief. We'll get to that in just about a minute, but right now, let's say good morning, America. Yes, it's that time. It's Fox Sports Sunday. He's Brian No. I'm Andy Furman. By the way, we're coming to you live from the Fox Sports Radio studios. We're brought to you by GEICO. 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit GEICO.com for a free rate quote. Here he is, my guy. My friend, my partner, the brains of this outfit. His name is Brian No. Hello, B. How are you? What's going on, Andy Furman? I'm great. How are you doing on this fine Sunday morning? You sound great. You sound wonderful. And today is a wonderful day because we're so blessed. We're blessed to have the biggest days of the years on Sunday. And today's Mother's Day. So happy Mother's Day to one and all. You know that? Did you know today was Mother's Day? Oh, I was well aware of that, Andy Furman. Yes, yeah, definitely. You know anything about Mother's Day? A little bit of a history behind Mother's Day? I, I, you know I what's love funny the- is I've been doing this show with you long enough, Andy, where yeah. you'll give us these history lessons. You know, Flag Day, Earth Day, Mother's Day, what have you. It, sometimes it doesn't stick with me, you know? There's a lot of stuff to get through. So I am i can't remember if you gave us a history really? lesson on Mother's Day last well, year. Well, I, I think it's important because we're here to entertain and inform. And I think it's time to inform every once in a while. You know, we don't do it a lot. We're not heavy-duty informational guys. But in 1914, Woodrow Wilson signed the proclamation designating Mother's Day held on the second Sunday in May as a national holiday to honor all mothers. That's it. I thought that was interesting. I, you know what? Because when I hear about Mother's Day, you know what? Doesn't you, doesn't it do something to you like you scratch your head and say, hey, when did it start? Why did it start? Who started it? You know, you go back and look a little bit, right? I, no. I don't. Like you and I, that's where our minds differ, which is a good thing for a sports talk radio show. We're going to zero in on different things. So my mind, I, I assure you, in my 40 years on this earth, Andy, <laughs> I never have thought one time like, "Hey, how did this originate?" Right. I'm Who just like, "Hey, it? it's it's Mom's Day, you know? Time to get her some flowers, tell her how much I love her. I tell her how much I love her every single day. But especially on Mother's Day, you got to get the card, you got you got to treat her right. Absolutely. 
I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to move on to the world of sports, but now you really tick me off. And I want to Uh-oh. be positive as you tell me to do every single Sunday. <laughs> but this car business is the biggest freaking ripoff in the world today. You know, I go to these stores. I even go to a Kroger to buy cards. It's 5 $6 for a freaking card. And now they got the ones to open up to make noises and music and the whole deal. People get a card and they look at it. They say, oh, how nice. And they pitch it. I'm not spending five bucks for a card. How's that? I'll make one up on my wow. computer. How's that? Listen Sorry. to you. Yes. Goodness. I don't I like mean, getting look, ripped Andy, off. I think that you can't put all $5 cards in the same compartment, you know? <sighs> there are some awesome $5 cards that you got to be open to getting. And there are some complete waste of money $5 cards, right? But to close yourself off and to say there isn't a $5 card on the face of the earth that's worth those $5, that's where you and I differ, my friend. Well, you know what, though? I go to the 99-cent store and get a 99-cent card. It's the same deal. It means the same from the heart. That's what it is for me. You talk about getting ripped off. You know who got ripped off the other day? And I can't believe it. I can't believe it. Dwayne Casey. You know, th- think yeah. about this. I, I mean, look. It's like, hey, come on in. We're going to give you the award. You're the coach of the year. Oh, by the way, on the way out, you're fired. I mean, come on. I mean, you know, you talk about in the world of sports, sometimes they make a move and you scratch your head. How could this happen? Why does this happen? Let's put it back into, like, reality. Let's say you're doing a sports talk show, and all of a sudden someone bangs on the door, comes in as the manager. Hey, you two guys, Noah and Furman, get the hell out. While we're on the air. That's basically what it's all about, right? Isn't it the same thing? Well, I don't think he got fired while he was like the equivalent of being on the air. But I understand what you're saying. Look, it comes down to this. At the end of the day, a playoff record of 21 and 30 just isn't sparkling, okay? And the other part of it is when you have all that regular season success – it makes your postseason failures look worse. And so you have that. You had the best regular season in the history of the Raptors franchise with 59 wins. And so it made look it made getting swept look even worse than it was. You know what I mean? It's very similar. I'd compare it to remember Avery Johnson when he was the head coach of the Dallas Mavericks? Right. He took right. the Mavericks. He he was in the finals with them. I won't say he took them there, but he was a part of the organization when Dirk and company got to the finals in 06 and lost against Dwayne Wade in the Miami Heat. And then he had a 67-win season, and they got bounced in the first round. But the point is, all of that regular season success, it made the postseason failures look even worse than they actually were. And front offices get short on patience. That's just the way it goes. Well, I, I'll buy that remark, but it seems unfair to me that Dwayne Casey was being fired for not doing something nobody in the East division has been able to do for not five, six, but for seven years, and that's beating LeBron James. Really. Well, that's basically yeah. what he did, and it's not fair. I, you look, I know life isn't fair, but this is ridiculous. He's the best coach in Toronto Raptors history, but their president, Masai Ujiri, spoke Friday about the decision. Let's take a listen to what this moron had to say. <laughs> Nothing in particular that... Um, Coach Casey did wrong, but uh, I think uh, it was time to time for this to happen. This is the hardest thing I've done in my life. Bobby Webster and I went to speak to him. Never seen, never met anybody so that classy in my life. I can honestly say that I don't know that I'll work with a better, better person. You're a fool. Now, I may be mistaken, <laughs> but I went back in NBA history. Isn't this the same Ooh. schmuck that fired Coach of the Year George Carl in Denver? 
I think he did. Uh, well, I, sure I know did. that George Carl got fired right after winning Coach of the Year. I, yeah, I don't know. I'd have to go back the guy and see who fired if Jerry yeah. had it. Um, but here's the thing, man, is <laughs> he's not wanting to, to kick Dwayne Casey out the door like uh, through his comments. I mean, he's kicking him out the door by firing him. But to sit here and say, well, there isn't anything I can really put my finger on him not doing well enough. It's like he didn't win enough, okay? That's the bottom line. He didn't win enough in the playoffs. And I'm with you, Andy. I look at it and I say, it's because of LeBron James just crushing the Raptors. What if LeBron James joins a team in the Western Conference? What if LeBron isn't in the East anymore after this season? If I'm Masai Ujiri, I'm looking at my team and I'm like, I kind of wish I had Case here. You know, There's a great chance that they regress by being overzealous and making this move, kicking Dwayne Casey out the door. They could very much be in a better position keeping him there. And I'll hear, you can't say status quo. You can't. Why not? Why can't you go into the season with Dwayne Casey? Who's had a good run? What if LeBron's not there anymore? You got a very good chance to come out of the East. You know what? You're exactly right. But here's the thing: right now, this Toronto Raptors team is at a crossroads. Do you start rebuilding? I mean, this team really right now obviously is not good enough to get over the hump in the East with LeBron. But here's the thing: also about this President Ujiri. Apparently, according to reports, he stormed into the Raptors' dressing room after Game 3 when LeBron hit that shot off the glass, and he went nuts, and he went screaming at Dwayne K. You just don't do that. you got to control yourself. I mean, who, his remarks who went just— screaming at who? At, at the coach. He went to the so coach's Ujiri office. So Ujiri went screaming at Casey. Yeah, for failing to yeah. double-team LeBron James. Now he's a coach, okay? We heard his comments several minutes ago, and you could tell— he, he's not all there. It's the hardest decision I had to do. I didn't want to do it. But you know what? You did it. But you did it, okay? No, did, did he do it himself? Was it a group decision? I mean, it, to me, he's an emotional moron. That's what he is. And his, his emotions took over and took over the best of him. That's what it did. He ran into the lot. Why? Is, this guy's been fined for running on the court, for challenging officials. This guy's got to be controlled. Sure, if that's true, and he's storming in there, and I, I, I'm trying to remember off the top of my head, he got fined for uh, what was it? Yeah, I think he was cursing. You know how they have Jurassic Park? Yeah, outside he walked onto the, the court at halftime during that no, game. No, no, no. It was this was a couple of years ago. Oh. It was at Jurassic Park, and I remember him cursing. I'd have to look up this story, but it's kind of like a pep rally. And he's like, we're going to kick their bleeping, bleepity bleeps or whatever. He just, and the NBA was like, dude, what are you doing? Like, here's $25,000. All right, you owe us. Right, calm down. Masai Ujiri has done these things. But here's the deal, man, is I, I, I buy that it was an incredibly tough decision to move on from Dwayne Casey. The guy's the coach of the year. He had a very good season. So, yeah, he made a tough decision. But you know what he did, Andy? He protected number one. He protected himself because he's going to have to, if he goes back status quo, now he's putting himself in the direct line of fire. Oh, yeah. And, right. And you've got to do, I mean, you could look at it the other way too, and whoever the new head coach is, if he doesn't have success this next season, Masai Ujiri is still in the line of fire, but Masai is at least saying, this isn't good enough, right? You could look at, ownership and say, I banged my hand on the table and I said, this is not going to cut it. And I moved on from Dwayne Casey. So it's it's easier to sell 
to ownership if you're trying to stay, if you're trying to cling on to your job going forward. No right? doubt about it. And the truth of the matter is, you got guys like Demar Derozan and Kyle Lowry, who you would hope to take them to the next level. They're not that good. They're not A plus players. They're they're no. B plus players. They're not front yep. line players. They're really not. And you're not going to go far anywhere with guys like that. They don't have a great team. So I'm saying, is it time to break down this team and and like, dismantle it like the Atlanta Hawks did several years ago when their coach was coach of the year and they won like 60 games and they went from there to nothing? Is that what you do, or you start to try to build with these guys? They got a big crossroads ahead. They really do. They do. They do. It's. <laughs> I mean. Think of the layers ahead of you, the layers of these teams. Like even the the Celtics, like the Celtics are the new hot team where we're throwing rose petals at their feet. And if you pause for a second and just think, it took them seven games to beat the Bucks. Okay, right. And I know they're missing Gordon Hayward and they're missing Kyrie Irving, and they they beat the undisciplined Seventy Sixers in five games. That's fine, but they are nowhere near the Warriors level right now. I know it's all rose petals and, oh, look at Brad Stevens. He's amazing. They're not even close to the Warriors right now. And that's the deal. Like, all these other teams, especially these teams in the East, you know, where we're talking about the Raptors. and You just got swept by the Cavs, dude. Like, do you realize how far away you are from potentially even competing with the Warriors? It's not even close. And we've talked about that from day one. Like, the NBA is very, very top-heavy. You have, like, two. At at one time, you had maybe three teams. You had Oklahoma City, you had San Antonio. They're gone. Those two teams are off the pedestal right now. You got Golden State, maybe Houston over there. But at one time, you could have thrown in the Clippers. But it's very, very top-heavy. And top of that list are the Golden State Warriors, no doubt. Yeah, it's... It's not even close. It's laughable with some of these teams in the East. Like we're, you're if you're Messiah fan Jerry, boy. And tell you're, me about you're thinking, about the, yeah, you're thinking about the Cavs. Forget about the Cavs for a second. It's even more sobering to be like, good lord. Think about the Blazers. We talked about them. Blazers got swept by the Pelicans, who got rolled by the Warriors. Think how many rungs down the totem pole you happen to be if you're the Blazers and you're trying to win a championship. You're right. not even remotely close. There's a lot of teams in that that same realm. There's no doubt about that. And our team right now, we're at full strength today. Ralph Irvin's here with his cowboy hat, and I love it. Iowa stands back. Ryan Dennis is with us. It's Brian No. It's Andy Furman. Get us on Twitter. How do you do that? At the No Show. N-O-E Show. At Andy Furman, FSR. <laughs> Eight seven seven ninety nine on Fox eight seven seven nine nine six sixty three sixty nine. That's our phone number. Our lineup for today: Bronx Talk at later in this hour. In our second hour, bottom barrel betting. Hour number three. Our guest, as always, Alex Marvez, Mister Football, and knows picks. And of course, we're live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. But they may have the edge. But they're the dogs. That's next. No one expected this. That's coming right up. It's Brian O and Andy Furman together. We call it. Fox Sports Sunday. We're live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Get us on Twitter at The No Show at Andy Furman FSR or get us at 877-99 on Fox. And Mr. No, if I may just uh, put a little bow around this Dwayne Casey thing, which really aggravates me. It's the stupidest thing I've ever heard in the last several weeks in sports, really. What if Ty Lue, the coach of the Cavaliers, had dropped that seventh game to the Pacers? You think the Cavs would have fired him after that? I don't think so. Uh, I don't think so, but um, it depends. If LeBron moved on, which we expect him to, maybe they'd go in a different direction, but hey, probably not. Probably not. 
But he's won a championship, you know? He won a championship with the Cavs, so it's not the same situation. Well, the guy's a coach of the year. He won 59 games. The winningest coach in the team history. It just, it just it doesn't, it's not a good picture. That's all I'm saying. It's not a good picture. And today, Look, man, it's just yeah. the way it is in sports. If you don't yeah, have right. the postseason success, your days are numbered. I don't think he should have been fired, but that's just the way it goes. Well, we'll see what happens today. Boston-Cleveland today. Who would have thought that these two teams really and truly would end up playing for the East title? Really, because you had Fanboy in Philadelphia. You almost talked me into it because all that oh, hype with gosh. the 76ers, really. I mean, you have to look. Give them credit. The people in Philadelphia, I guess they're so starved for a winner. They were so crazy, but they're delusional. I mean, they, they, their time will come, but it wasn't for this year. And Boston, with all the injuries, really and truly, who thought? I, I never thought. And Cleveland struggling against, really, a, Phil, a, a Indiana Pacer team. And Boston really struggled somewhat against Milwaukee. So I didn't think these two teams would be in the finals. Well, I mean, look, it's this has been the the postseason of knee-jerk reactions. It's just been one after another, after another, after another. We talked ad nauseum about the 76ers, and I told you, Andy, they were so overrated it wasn't even funny. If you just took a step back and said, 16-game winning streak, who did they beat again? Oh, oh, it was 12 wins against teams with losing records, and a lot of them were trying to tank. Not that impressive. And although they won 10 games two seasons ago, beating the Miami Heat in the first round, not anything to write home about. It was just caught up in the moment, prisoner of the moment. It's been happening a lot. You think about the Cavs, like you mentioned, down 2-1 to one against the Pacers. And there's these huge overreactions. They're done! They're not even getting out of the first round. It's like LeBron has never lost in the first round. Why would you be that convinced there was no chance they were winning that series. It was crazy. It's amazing. It really is. And now you have the, the home court advantage, at least Boston does. Despite that home court advantage, the Celtics are listed as underdogs. And I guess rightfully so. Cavaliers won two of the regular, two or three regular season meetings this year. Cavaliers beat the Celtics 4-1 last year in their playoff match. So, And LeBron, hotter than anything in the playoffs, he's averaging almost 35 points a game in the playoffs. So the key, really, for the Celtics... How on the how in the world do you stop LeBron James? And the head coach of the Celtics, Brad Stevens, spoke at a shoot around yesterday about what it's going to take to stop LeBron in the series. Take a listen. It's quite a challenge, but you know, doubling him, he is going to get three for his team. So uh, if you don't double perfectly, LeBron's a, a special player. I think you just try to make it as difficult as possible, as hard as possible, and you've got to be great on everybody else as well. You know, really and truly, it's love easy. the basketballs in the background. Yeah. Never gets old. I love that. It really does. I mean, look. I think we should do our show with just a basketball bouncing in the background the whole time. What do you think, Andy? I like that. I, you want yeah. me to get one? I'll get one. Really. So let's no, just no. start that whole trend that, in Sports really. Talk Radio. Yeah. The Cleveland Cavaliers. Really, when you think about the scouting, their team lives and dies with LeBron James. It's it's easy, but he can't do it at all. He had some help with uh, Love. And the Corva helped him, obviously. He had some open looks in their players. But honestly, the team lives and dies with this guy, and he, he's a freak of nature. He really is. I mean, at his age right now, to average 35 a game in almost 48 minutes a game, I'm shocked. I'm shocked. Well, I mean, look, if you look at the Cavs in their two series wins in this postseason, right? They struggled like crazy against the Pacers, and they rolled the Raptors. And if you look at LeBron, he's been completely consistent in both series. Just scoring averages, right? Mm. Against the Pacers, 34.4. 
and against the Raptors, 34. So what was different? Well, you had the role players actually step up against the Raptors. You had five other players who averaged double figures in points. Five of them against the Raptors. You had one teammate average double figures in scoring against the Pacers, and that was Kevin Love. So the role players really stepped up in that series against the Raptors. And if they're able to step up against the Celtics, Cavs are going right back to the finals. And you talk about role players. I mean, the role players got to be the key for the Celtics. Terry Rozier and Jalen Brown, uh, and uh, they got to get a big game out of Al Horford not getting in foul trouble. But really and truly, it's the role players right now because Rozier has really come out of nowhere. Here's a guy who wasn't supposed to play because Kai Mee Irving is hurt. <laughs> yeah, and Rozier has really stepped up. He's played great basketball. The question is, can he do that going forward, right? When you have... About 15 turnovers and 67 assists in the playoffs, right around those numbers. That's incredibly impressive, but can you maintain that? Can you sustain that level in the Eastern Conference Finals? And you look at Al Horford. I love Al Horford. He's completely underrated. I don't think there's anybody more underrated than Al Horford in the NBA. But he is 1-15 in the playoffs against LeBron James. Think about that. 1-15. Like, LeBron has just been smacking around a lot of these teams in the East for so long that sometimes you forget about You get worn out by the success, and you want new right. blood in there. And now, all of a sudden, you're just starting to be emotional about the whole thing. I think when it's all said and done, that LeBron clearly is the best player, and that's going to be enough to compensate for some of the well-spread wealth in terms of talent that the Celtics have. You know, I still got a crow on my side about this Dwayne Casey thing, and I want to make some sort of a crazy comparison. I mean, you're correct in saying that it's postseason success that really and truly separates the men from the boys. However, mm-hmm. I'm not so certain that the Celtics need to have a lot more postseason success because what Brad Stevens has done this year with the injuries he's had, I think they look at the season somewhat as a success right now, no matter what happens against the Cavaliers. Well, they do, but they're missing their two best players. Right, that's right? what I'm saying. There's it's not, not much- like the Raptors were missing Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan, and right. they won a couple of series that they were completely, you know, overmatched in. Or, or I'm sorry, I shouldn't say overmatched. A couple of series where a lot of people were picking against them, and they really surprised. Like, they did what they were supposed to do. They beat the Wizards, and that's it. <laughs> so it's a lot different than what Brad Stevens has done with the Celtics so yeah, far. Yeah, he's this playing postseason. like with house money right now, Brad Stevens. I mean, there's no pressure on him not to. If he doesn't beat Cleveland, he's not going to lose his job. There's no way in the world. Actually, oh, right. No, but chance. he didn't get any votes at all for Coach of the Year. That to me is funny. I'm shocked about that from his peers because Dwayne Casey from his peers was voted Coach of the Year. Well, he certainly deserved. Uh, more than he got. I mean, he had zero. Right. <laughs> he a lot How does more that than happen? Zero. I don't know. It's crazy. I think that, well, that's the, the perplexing thing is, you know, if you say, a lot of the times those awards are the biggest surprise. <laughs> they should start renaming it the biggest surprise award. <laughs> and we just go with MVP, coach, yada, right. yada. A lot of times that's what it turns out to be. But with Brad Stevens, it speaks to how highly regarded he is because that was a surprise. You know, when they, they're what, the two seed in the in the East without having Gordon Hayward all season long and without having Kyrie Irving for an extended period of time. And you're still the two seed? 
Like that's that's great run. That's okay. somewhat surprising that they would get to that level and yet not one vote. Yeah. So I guess it's I, yeah. It's just one right. of these where they're like, well, it's Brad Stevens. He's that great at what he does that it isn't that shocking. So maybe the zero votes was actually more of a compliment than it initially seems like it was. You know, you're the best because you take it to such a high positive level where I'm so, I'm like the, the dark knight. Really, I really am. Because in my mind, I'm saying the reason why Brad Stevens didn't get any votes, he probably alienated the other coaches some way. He probably pissed them off, and that's why they didn't vote for him. No, really, that, that's my thought. That's my thought uh-huh. process. I mean, you're the best. You really are. You're the greatest. You go right to the top of the mountain. You're positive. You're, you're thought provocative. You're really great. And me, I go right down the tubes. I'm saying, oh, Brad Stevens should have got a couple of votes. He didn't. He probably pissed off a couple of coaches. He, he probably said something. He was smug. He did. I don't know what he did. Maybe. And that's why he didn't get a vote. Yeah, I, who knows? <laughs> well, I, I mean, I thank you for that, Andy Furman, but. You sell yourself short far too often. You're great at what you do as well. But um, think about LeBron. Why hasn't LeBron won the MVP for a long time? We're just used to his greatness. Now, I'm not saying Brad Stevens is the equivalent in coaching to what LeBron has done playing. But it's the same concept. You get used to either a player getting it done or a coach getting it done and excelling. So when they excel the next year, it's like, well, that's kind of what he does. It doesn't stand out as much. Well, it stands out that, yeah. more for Dwayne Casey to be like, holy cow, 59 wins, whoa. Right. It doesn't that's- stand out as much with Brad Stevens. Whoa, down your two best players and you still were a two seed? Wow. The wow factor just decreases. And the greatest uh, comparison is what you did several weeks ago with Russell Westbrook. A year ago, averaged oh, a triple-double, got the MVP, did the same thing this year. It's like, who's Russell Westbrook? Right? <laughs> I know. Right? I mean, who like, is this guy? you seen that before. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> it's, it's unbelievable, really, when you think about it. Fox Sports Sunday, he's Brian Noam, Andy Furman, and they're the best shooting team in the league, but it won't be enough. That's next, but first, Ralph Furman, take off your hat. It's time for the latest. Well, thank you very much, gentlemen. And we start with the NHL, where Winnipeg was a 4-2 winner over Vegas on Saturday night. The Jets taking that series lead one game to none. Game two will be on Monday. Meanwhile, in baseball, the Yankees, 7-6 winners in 11 innings over Oakland. Neil Walker with the game-winning RBI single. New York's won 18 of their last 21 games. The Cubs have won five straight. They beat the White Sox 8-4. Cincinnati, they've won five straight. They are 5-3 winners in L.A. over the Dodgers. Colorado shut out Milwaukee 4-0. San Diego escaped with a 2-1 win over St. Louis in 13 innings. And Minnesota needed 11 innings before they beat the Angels. 5-3. Online car shopping can be confusing. Not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience at the Players' Championship. Webb Simpson way out in front as they get set for the final round of play. He has a seven-shot lead on the field. He sits at 19 under par. And the NBA Eastern Conference Finals do get underway at 3.30 Eastern today. Of course, the NBA's Western Conference, guys, that gets started on Monday. Sounds great, Rob. We'll see you in about an hour, and they're the best third-quarter team in the league. We'll get to that in just about a minute. It's Brian No, It's Andy Furman together. We call it Fox Sports Sunday. We want to welcome everybody to the Fox Sports Radio Studios. We're brought to you by GEICO. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with GEICO. Go to GEICO.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. About 10 minutes from now, we'll have Bronx talk. But tomorrow, as Ralph mentioned, Golden State meets Houston in the West Finals. 
in the West Finals, and I'll tell you what, to me, that may be the series, but I'll tell you right here and now, and maybe I'm nuts, I'll say Cleveland in six, Golden State in six, and I'll tell you this much. Why you ask me the question, certainly we know how good Golden State is. I just don't see a team beating Golden State four times. I just don't see it. I don't either. And this makes me worry a little bit, Andy, because I have the same two teams winning in the same amount of games. And I immediately go back to the Super Bowl when we had the same exact score. Patriots 24, Eagles 21, and that didn't turn out too well for us, right? So I'm wondering, like, holy cow. What? I think the Celtics have a better chance to take down the Cavs than the Rockets do the Warriors. I just do not see this working out for the Warriors. They would have to be so incredibly hot from three and I just don't see them shooting the lights out to win four games. Like maybe they win game one tomorrow, right? Like they're going to win a game or two. They're going right. to go off and have that great night where it was just their night. But to the tune of winning four games in a series, I just don't see it. I don't think they have enough. I'm with you right now. Although Houston won the regular series two games to one, it doesn't mean anything. It and doesn't the Rockets mean can't. Shoot. It doesn't mean a thing. I really. And the Rockets can shoot. They can't shoot on a good night with Golden State with CP3, Chris Paul, James Harden, Trevor Arzia. But you know what? They can't do it on a nightly basis. And the key to Golden State, and they play great defense. They really do. Their defense just gets overshadowed by the way they play offense. Really, they got to keep James Harden off the foul line. You keep this guy off the foul line, they're going to win. They'll win in six. They may win in five, but I say, you know what? They'll win in six. Yeah, I mean, look, it's one of these where what what Houston does best isn't going to work against the Warriors. Think about it. If we put that in football terms, if we're like, this team, they have a great running game, but they're not going to be able to run the ball hardly at all against this great defense. It's like, well, they're screwed. Like They're in a world of hurt if what they do best isn't going to be effective. What Houston does best, they just run pick and roll. Again and again and again until they get the matchup they want. If they get Chris Paul on Rudy Gobert, it's like, all right, game over. He's going to score or he's going to set somebody else up to score if they help. But what the Warriors have with the death lineup or the Hamptons 5, whatever you want to call them, with Draymond Green at the 5, he can guard CP3. He can guard James Harden. He's not like Rudy Gobert on ice skates out there where it's like, whoa, where'd he go? Like... That's not Draymond. So you're not going to be able to excel at what you do best against the Warriors. How are you going to beat them? You know what? Here's the problem. You hit it right on the head. You're like the scientist here. You really are. You're like the mad scientist in the laboratory telling me and telling everybody else, you know, why they can't win. I'll make it quite easy because I'm a moron. I'll make it the easy way out. The Pelicans couldn't find a solution for Kevin Durant, and the Rockets can't either. That's basically it. You can't stop Kevin Durant. It's almost like in the East, Boston's not going to stop LeBron, and the Rockets aren't going to stop KD. Because the Pelicans couldn't do it with Anthony Davis. So who's going to do it on the Rockets? Yeah. It's night and day when you look at the two teams in terms of ball movement. The Warriors are moving the ball all the time. They move it very, very well. And so if you have Kevin Durant isolated, let's say they guard him like they put Drew Holiday on Kevin Durant, and they're like, we're not going to help you, Drew. Just do what you can. Right? (laughs) It's like, all right, thanks, cool. And KD lit him up, right? He ate up the Pelicans. So it's like, what do you do? If you're the Rockets, you could say, all right, we're just going to put Ariza on on, uh, KD, and hopefully he can hold his own. Or you're just going to throw different bodies at KD and say, well, hopefully, and that's it. We're not going to help. KD's going to eat him up. 
and they move the ball so well. They have all this action. They have all these screens off the ball. They're going to find open shots. They're going to find better quality shots than the Rockets are when they're playing that pick-and-roll, methodical, isolation-type basketball against a lineup that can switch on everybody. You're just... You're not going to beat them. You don't have the ingredients to beat them in a series. No doubt. They're better players. They're a better team, and they play as a better team. And I enjoy watching them because they play like basketball is supposed to be played. Matter of fact, the other evening, I think it was Friday night, they had like a 30 for 30 on ESPN with the Boston Celtics against the Lakers, those great championship series they've had in 86 and 88, whatever it may be, 84. I mean, you watch the Celtics play. That no one plays like that anymore. When they had Bill Walton come to Boston with the passing they did, they had one point in time. I think Walton said we had seven passes under thirty seconds. It was, it was unbelievable. Pe- Teams don't pass the ball anymore, but Golden State does. And I love watching Golden State play because it's team basketball. And hopefully it's such a copycat league, other teams will pick that up and do that down the road. Because if you watch Houston, and you're going to see him tomorrow, it's one-on-one, clear it out for James Harden. And that's fine if you're going to a park and watching park basketball, but it's not working in the NBA. And I got a little nugget here for you. According to Sportsline Data Scientist, now how do you become a data scientist? I don't know, but Stephen O, his name is Stephen O.H., Warriors have a 62.2% chance of winning this series. But i like to know, how do you become a Sportsline Data Scientist? <laughs> I don't know. You just like type in numbers into a computer and give yourself a fancy title? I don't know. It's... <laughs> It's a pretty good job. We need to I do that, Andy. Goodness, we can type stuff into a computer and say we're the scientists' brain evaluation aiders yeah. or whatever. Whatever, you know, we can come up with something a lot better than that. But it's like this, Andy. It's if you look at the Rockets, forty-two percent of their offense is shooting threes. <laughs> like they shoot so many threes, and they aren't shooting the the three very well in the playoffs. They're shooting right. it at a thirty-five percent clip. So that's 11th out of all of the 16 playoff teams. That's where they're at. And when you rely on that so heavily, I don't know how all of a sudden they're going to shoot the lights out. Because again, it comes back to the quality of your looks. If you're not moving the ball very much, well then it's not that hard. Let's say Clay Thompson is guarding his man off the ball. And his man off the ball just goes to a spot and stands there. Like... It's not hard to lose track of him. If the ball's moving around, you got all these screens, all this action. Remember how Rip Hamilton was the energizer bunny for the the Pistons? Right, just running right. all over the place and cutting off screens and moving over. It was just a pain to stay with that guy. That's not what the Rockets do. So if the Warriors are good defensively to begin with, and they're not having to fight around screens and chase down their the guys that they're guarding – you're not going to get high-quality looks at three consistently over the course of a series. So why would you think they're going to shoot the lights out if they're not getting great looks against the best defense in the playoffs? You're exactly right. And it's funny because, again, I have my little book of Brian No Notes and little things that you say that really ring a bell in my mind. And you said when the NBA players began, and I kind of poo-pooed some of those games, I said maybe they should be two out of three or three out of five. You said they're the undercards, like a boxing match. And it kind of crescendos into like bigger and better games. And look, I love the NBA, and I'm going to watch 90% of these games. But still in all, they're somewhat one-sided, and you kind of know who's going to win. As we said, 
basically before the season began, like last September, that it would probably be Cleveland and Golden State in the finals, and it still may end up that way again. Well, I'm expecting it to be the Cavs and Warriors. I'd be more surprised if the Warriors don't get there. I'd be very surprised if they didn't. But we don't know how, right? And there have been surprises along the way. I didn't think that the Celtics were going to beat the the Sixers in five. (laughs) Like, that... That was surprising. So I mean, there are surprises along the way. I didn't think that the Cavs were going to be in this knockdown dragout seven game series against the Pacers. Right. Right. So yeah, it might be Warriors and Cavs when it's all said and done. But the road, it's like if you're taking a journey, right? You get in your, I you you go with your wife and you're taking a drive to another state, right? If you're going from, let's start in Nashville where I'm at, and we're going to Miami. Like, there are certain states I expect to go in. If we just, like, headed west and went to Arizona on the way to Miami, I'd be like, whoa, how did that happen? You know what I mean? Like, we still ended up in Miami, but our path was much different than expected. Good point. I hear what you're saying. You're exactly right. Brian, no, as always, exactly right. I'm Andy Furman together with Fox Sports Sunday. We're live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. You know what? There's a pretty good baseball team there and some hot talk. We're going to go there. Next, Bronx Talk coming right up about 12 minutes before the top of the hour. Brian, no, Andy Furman. We call it Fox Sports Sunday. We're live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. And, of course, Bronx Talk, a service of Geico. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? Well, it means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. And here he is, your host, the ever-loving Sammy K. Sammy K. How you doing? Guys. Guys. It's time to channel your inner New Yorker. We want to hear all the irrationalities you can spew on the hottest topics of the day. Get out of here. Here's something we like to call Bronx Talk Radio, hosted by the great Sammy K. I'm back. I'm back, baby. We What's never knew going you on left. There, Sammy K, huh? You thought I left. I didn't leave. Never knew you left. I'm back for a little sports hogwash with you stinking summer trash heaps. I had to go to my mother and father's house over in Jersey over the weekend. A little uh, early Mother's Day action. We'll get to that later. You but, have any meatballs? Uh, no, they're all gone. I mean, they're gone that night. What am I, are, you, are you kidding me? Those meatballs, they go fast. Mama's meatballs, they go real fast. They don't even last the whole day. All right, here we go. Listen, I got to address something that's been bothering me. I know I've been gone. Shout out to Danny G. Great job last week. Over in Bean Town. Actually, we asked him to come back. What? We asked him to come back. back. You don't even want me here, do you? I didn't say that, no. All right. I'm here. You can't get rid of me. I'm a bad penny. I'll always turn up. What's the freaking question already? (laughs) Let's go over to Bean Town. Those Boston crab cakes, they got a pitcher named David Price, and he's got a problem. He's got carpal tunnel syndrome. It's in your hands. It's the achy hands. All right, you know what it's from? I can't believe this. He's been a gamer his whole life. He's been playing video games. Now he's got problems with his meat hooks. He can't even get his meat hooks working correctly. What's the deal with this? He's got. What is he doing? He's got to protect his livelihood. You know what the I'll problem is? Let me doing. tell you the problem right now. Here's you cut each other off. He's 32 years old, got a 2-4 and four record with an ERA over 5, and he's blaming it on playing Fortnite. You know what the problem is? What, the, it's what like, is Fortnite? It's like when you go to school. Is that Fort and Wayne? Is no, that Fort Dodge? It's the popular, it's that popular game. You know, I don't play video games. I'm a grown okay, ass man. It's like when you go to school, you tell your teacher the dog ate my homework. You don't got it no more, Price. Don't blame it on the games. 
I'll tell you what's going wrong here. Tell me, Brian. He's you love video games, don't you? Grip. He's got to loosen the grip. What, what he's is he squeezing doing? his he, meat hooks. He's too holding tight. on to the control for dear life. Okay, <laughs> this is not like playing. Remember Nintendo when you play track and field and you try to make the guy run real fast. You're like pushing the button just as fast as you. Like it's not good too to much. be like that. Here's the thing: like you might be trying to win Fortnite and you're trying to shoot your competition and I all that, but is. you don't need to be squeezing the life out of the control. Just loosen the grip a little bit. You'll be fine. Maybe you should give up on the video games once and for all. I mean, Maybe you should stop pitching and just go full-time video games. Stop pushing the Atari buttons. It's bad for your health, all right? I there mean, go, millennials right. using all these gadgets, we're all going to have our fingers drop off in the next 20 years because we're all going to have carpal tunnel and arthritis. You know what I'm saying? Loosen the it's grip. Bad. Loosen, Loosen the, the grip freaking grip. And focus on your, your baseball pitching, all right? All right, let me hear a funny story, guys. The press is telling me that Jacksonville quarterback Blake Bortles stopped a car theft. He stopped his own car theft, if you can believe this. This is crazy. Some little teenage punk came up to a party. Bortles was at a party of his teammates on Jacksonville Beach. Bortles leaves his keys in his own Ford F-150. Here we go. The kid tries to steal the guy's truck. He's got his wallet in the truck. Here's the thing, though. The kid couldn't get out of the driveway, so he goes in the goes in the house of the party, and they apprehend the kid. So Bortles wait, stops wait his own minute, crime. Wait a minute here. What? So, so it turns out that Blake Bortles did nothing to what? actually prevent exactly. this theft. All well, he did stupidity. was assist in this he potential theft by leaving his keys in his he wallet. He set up the crime, truck. and he stopped the crime. Yeah. What, he what set is, it how up. stupid can you be to leave? How arrogant can you be to leave your keys in your car? If they I'll did tell that, you what exactly my car happened. be gone in a minute. The, the teenage kid went to the truck, and he opened up the, the trunk, and he saw the wallet. It said Blake Bortles. He says, I don't want to be known as Blake Bortles. I don't want to have his identity. That's the problem. Nobody he wants ran away. Blake That's Bortles' identity. Like, he goes into the house. He tries to, to uh, rifle through other things in the house. They catch him. I don't get this, though. What was he going to have some drink? Was Bortles going to have some drinks at the party and drive home? I mean, what is he doing? Can he take an Uber? I mean, hey, Jacksonville hey, oh, Beach, come on. down. We don't know that. He could have been stone cold. He could have been. We have no idea. He doing? He's right. just an idiot for leaving his keys in his freaking That's like truck. shooting Good fish in Put them in your pocket. Jeez. All right. right, last thing here. Mother's yeah. Day is today. I celebrated a little early, but I want to ask you guys, give me a good dish. What's something your mother makes for you? It's something she does that you love. Go ahead, Brian. Go ahead. I want to hear this. I got I a sweet tooth. I got a sweet tooth, oh, and I've said cinnamon. it before. I'll say it again. My mother makes these thumbprint cookies. Whoa. Just luscious on the outside, and... And then, like, icing in the middle. It's one of my favorites. My God, probably better than the meatballs. Uh, Potato pancakes, that's my mama. Mm. She's the the best in the world. I'm going to have some scent to you. That's what I'm going to do. Please do it. Potato pancakes. You put syrup on those things? Oh, no. Oh, the delicious. burns water. Where are you from? God God bless all the mothers out there. We're out of time. We'll tell you why it's not better late than never. But right now, it's time to say good morning, America. Yes, it is that time. It's Fox Sports Sunday. He's Brian No. I'm Andy Furman. We're coming to you live from the Fox Sports Radio Studios, brought to you by GEICO. 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit GEICO.com for a free rate quote. Here he is, my partner on Mother's Day, the one and only Brian No. Hello, B. What's happening? What's going on, Andy Furman? Hope you're having a fantastic Sunday. I am. I got a quick question for you because Anything I was watching that. You, dear. Yeah, that Lomachenko fight last night, and that guy's a fantastic fighter. But it's a TKO in the tenth round, and it was just this body shot to Linares, and just dropped him. It's like a rib shot, and I started thinking, you know, in the the fisticuffs that I've taken part in over my lifetime. I've never been hit, just punched hard in the 
in the abs or the ribs, you know? You typically try to to hit your opponent in the face, right? Have you ever been just punched you know, I, I'm, hard I'm, I'm, in the I'm abs shocked. or ribs? No way. I'm shocked when I'm hearing the, the, the amount of fights you've been in your life. I mean, I, mean, I, I, I get into a few fights here I don't and there. Even, I don't not, even know the, the last fight or first fight I've ever been in. A lot of arguments and yelling. You've never been like, in one fight, Andy? You know, I don't, I don't remember, honestly, ever. I don't think I've Goodness. ever. Listen to I, you, I've never, the peacemaker. I've never That's kicked good. anyone's butt, and I don't know. No one's ever kicked my butt, really. Well, well, then it answers my question. You've never been punched in the midsection. I just no. watching that fight. I'm like, I've never experienced that. And I'm running through Fight Club, where it's you know the the scene where it's like never been into a fight before. You know, punch. I'm me. more interested in the like, amount of fights. You, when was the last fight you were in? How many? How many days ago? Uh, it was a couple of weekends ago. No, it's a long really? time, oh. long time since I was in a fight. But uh, yeah, I've never been punched. Never been punched in the ribs before. I just think when you have world class fighters like this, is what they do. This is they do all these things to prepare their bodies to withstand punishment. Right. And a Lomachenko rib shot just dropped this guy to the point where he was just just kneeling on the canvas, like, oh gosh, and they're seven. Eight and he stands up and he's still like doubled over, like oh my gosh, I don't know if I want to keep going. I, I just, I would like to know what it feels like, you know, just well, one time. Ask Ralph. Ralph Irvin could give you a Ralph, shot. Ralph, will you punch me in the plexus. ribs, my friend? Yeah, yeah he really. would accommodate you. But I think a lot of times it has to do with just getting the air knocked out of you with the pain as well, obviously. But I think you just knocked out. You just like gasping for air. I mean, have you it, ever had the air knocked out of you? The wind knocked out of you? No, I mean, I, I live Goodness, kind of a, Andy, we got to get some life experiences for I you, I live a friend. sedentary life here. I mean, I, I go to the library, <laughs> I read books, I mean, I watch a little TV, I go out, I exercise, but I'm not into the, I'm not into fisticuffs, I'm not one of those guys that, you know, you're like a road rage guy. I guess you, <laughs> you get out of your car we, and start fights with people on the highway. I we got to rejuvenate Fight Club. Andy, if we get the modern day fight club going on, you know, each Tuesday night bare knuckle brawls, are you in? I got to train for that first. I'm not just yeah, going well, in to look, say, you know, I'll, I'll yeah, just, I'm, I'm know in. You, I'm in. You but go I'll to train. the gym. You mentioned that you were biking but, while nude one time, right? Right, right. But I don't or, fight at no, the no, gym. No, you weren't. It was somebody else. But you would right. swim nude in this right. club, right? Exactly. Yeah. It's an athletic look, man, club. Yes. Yeah, just swim a few more laps. You're ready. You don't have to be in tip top shape. Don't know how to, I don't know how to use my fists. Okay, there's a there's a way to <laughs> that's use your fists. That's a problem. Fist. Like that's right. something right? you got got to get up to speed on. But uh, you know, I, I think the reason why now this uh, don't laugh, but I got to be quite honest with you. I'm opening up my inner self to you. I think uh-huh. the reason why I never got into a fight as a youth because I played musical instruments and I was afraid to break my fingers. Maybe that was the reason why. But no one ever teased me about that. I never never got into a situation that I had a fight. Really. So, you know the funny yeah. thing, Andy, is I somewhat, somewhat find that to be surprising just because of your demeanor on air. And it's not to say that you're, you know, you can be confrontational at times, right? I know, I know. Right. So I'm just surprised there hasn't been some lunatic listener that saw you walking around and started talking trash and well, you're not going to back down. I'm just surprised one thing didn't it, lead to funny, another and someone you threw a punch. That. No one threw a punch. I did have confrontations with people, but I will tell you this much. This is a very scary story going way back uh, during my days at WLW in Cincinnati. 
I would get these crazy phone calls, and one was a death threat. And no. I went to the station manager, and he didn't do anything about it. He said, Don't worry about it. You know, it's a crazy guy, the drunk. And I was worried about it. I really was. Yeah. So uh, what I did, and this is nuts. This is crazy. I went to the phone book to look for, like, a private detective. And I didn't know any of them, but I, I took the biggest ad there was. I called the guy up, and he came and drove me home on a nightly basis. And I said, well, wait a minute. Who's going to pay for this? I mean, really and truly, I mean, this is money. And he watched it and whatever it was. At the end of the day, he says, uh, uh, don't worry. He went to the station manager. They char- This is a true story. They billed the radio station $25,000 because this went on for a couple of weeks. Well, wow. the station worked out a deal where I think it was like $20,000 in trade. They gave him a check. They eventually built up a, 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 a doorway getting into the station, and they caught this guy. They did catch him, and they put him in jail. I didn't go to the uh, trial. There was a trial. The guy that was a lunatic, and they caught him. The guy was a a sicko. He really was. But they caught him. But uh, still in all, I didn't get much support from the station. Maybe maybe it was somebody inside the station, inside job, that wanted me out. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it's messed up, man. It It, is when it gets to that level. One of my buddies, Bruce Jacobs, he used to work on Fox Sports Radio, but we did radio together in Albany, New York. Bruce did political talk he still does but he was working a lot more um in phoenix and he would tell me numerous times in albany he's like they had to sweep my car they had to sweep my car all the time just to make sure there weren't explosives underneath it because people are out of their minds like it's just crazy when it comes to that it's you should never no athlete no media members have to deal with death threats no person walking the earth should have to deal with death threats but sadly it happens well i remember living in uh, littleton colorado when i worked at centennial racetrack there was a talk show host at koa in denver 85 koa and some lunatic met him in a garage in the parking lot and shot him and killed him. I forgot his name. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that was terrible. It was really bad. It's weird. It's because, you know, a lot of people hear what they want to hear or what they think they hear. That's the biggest problem I I have is if somebody disagrees with something I'm not saying. It's like I'm not saying that. If you understand what I'm saying, you disagree with it, fine. You know, reasonable minds can view things differently, but – it drives me crazy when someone's going nuts and they don't understand what I'm even saying. There's a story in Fresno, real quickly, while we're telling all these uh, happy-go-lucky stories on Mother's <laughs> Day here, Andy. Yeah. Where one of my buddies, he he said something that was completely taken the wrong way, where he was uh, there was an update, like a weather update or something like that. Right. And uh, the the person said, she mentioned a location. And my buddy Greg was just like, oh, yeah, that's a stone's throw away from such and such. Some people thought that Greg was saying throw stones and deface their business, right? And they took this as a huge threat. They would show up. (laughs) They would cuss them out. They would circle the parking lot. It was this whole thing for months and months. The station had to make a contribution to a certain thing, they had to donate some money so it would cool everything down. And there was nothing wrong said ever. It was just taken the wrong way. Can I, can I lighten this up for you on Mother's sure. Day? What if you I got? I'm going to take, take you a story and up you one, okay? okay. We, had a guy, we had a guy on WLW Radio called the Truck and Bozo. He did a trucker show from midnight to like 5 in the morning. And he was huge. He really was. And as stories go... And I wasn't there when it happened. He told me this story one time. His name is Dale Summers. May he rest in peace. The truck and bozo. He said at one point in time, he told everybody in the city of Indianapolis to flush their toilets at once, and no one had water at one time. 
That's how big. <laughs> that's how powerful this guy was overnight. He says, "When I say three, I want everybody to flush their toilet and flush their toilet." They did in Indianapolis, and no one had water service. That's how big he was. Oh. I, I, believe I mean, him. that's that's using your powers for good. Yes, you know? there we go. Right. Okay. There we go. Thank you very much. Now we move on because you said this more than once, and I, I believed you when you said it. I believe you now, and I cannot believe that history is repeating itself. Uh, On a day when the Celtics meet the Cavaliers in the Eastern NBA Finals, 3.30 today, Eastern Time, the NBA, once again, steps on their own toe. Now, remember, the the Celtics eliminated the 76ers. And during that game, the league says Aaron Baines should have been called for a foul on Joel Embiid with about 14 seconds left in that Boston win, 114-112. Why? What is the upside of telling the world you were wrong after the fact? We went through this before, and you made some great points on it, saying that you know, you just can't let it let sleeping dogs lie. But again, the league, what are they trying to show that that we're better than you? We're better than the officials that we have. Why would you make your own officials look like fools anyway? I don't get it. Uh, yeah, it's just stupid. I think that. Well, this is on the heels of the Tim Donaghy thing, right? When there was an official on the take and. This is the weird thing to me, Andy. We've talked about this before, but we need to talk about it again. What leads to this final two-minute report is that the NBA is trying to be transparent. They're trying to say, look, we're not crooks here. We're not on the take. These officials aren't intentionally blowing calls so that the over or the under hits or what. They're not influencing the outcome of the game to benefit themselves financially. That's essentially what the NBA is saying. Is like, we're on the up and up, right? Right. But just having this final two-minute report doesn't prove that at all. <laughs> like, all you're doing is making your officials look bad and make the ending of the game, you're, you're like uh, decreasing the value of it. You're basically saying, yeah, the Celtics won, but... Maybe they shouldn't have. (laughs) Why would you do that to your own product? And and you're killing the gamblers in Vegas. That's what you're doing, too. Well, that also, like, you've got gamblers just tearing their hair out. Like, what do you mean it should have been a foul? So let me get this straight. Embiid should have been going to the foul line with a chance to tie the game up? That kind of matters. Right, like it's crazy. It really, you know, with with the technology that we have today, with the replays we have today. To be honest with you. We didn't have half of these problems probably 10 to 15 years ago, and there was a lack of technology. There was only two officials as opposed to three officials, and right now there seems to be more and more controversy on these games, and I think the league thinks they're doing the, a, a service to the public. They're doing a disservice to their league as well as the people they hire to officiate the games. Right, right. And look, it doesn't lead to anything good for the NBA. That's the crazy thing. They're creating a problem. Because, look, if this led to some interesting uh, discussions on the air, or your, your product is being covered a little bit more extensively, I could see that. But it doesn't lead to any great conversation where, you know, we can't have a what-if conversation. We don't know for sure that the Sixers would have won Game 5 if they called that foul on Baines. We don't know that. So at the end of the day, it's just a distraction from the conclusion of the game, wouldn't you want the focus to be on the Celtics and Brad Stevens? They're moving on and what the Sixers need to do instead of, well, they screwed up this call and maybe we have an outcome that we never should have had. Why would you create that problem? You've got enough problems to deal with. Don't create some for yourself. No doubt about it. And this last two-minute report, which is published, 
I ask you, look, I'm sure they've had a last two-minute report for years in the NBA. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. But why would you publish it? Why would you let this go public? I don't get it. Whose brainchild was this to let this go out there? Celtics won that game 114-112. They took that 4-1 lead, and they advanced to play the Cavaliers today in the finals. But the point is this. The referees right now could have changed the outcome of the game, and they said there should have been a foul there. And, and look, it's a human, it's a human error. That's, that's the beauty of the game. See, I'm not into the technology because I think what it does is stops the play, stops the momentum, gives teams, affords teams an extra timeout, which they probably shouldn't have. Play right. the game, have the human error factor. You've had it for years. And you know what? The technology has not corrected the human error if the league's going to come out with a two-minute report and tell you they screwed up anyway. Well, and here's the thing, man. If you spin this forward, Andy, you know me. I'm a fan of a little something called gambling. Love it. And it really? seems like gambling is going to be legalized in this country in the not-too-distant future. Right. What happens when it is? Are we going to see this final two-minute report in the NBA become commonplace all over the place? Oh, Are we going to have the NFL? Are we going to have Major League Baseball? Are you going to have all of these leagues going above and beyond to say, we're not on the take we're legitimate. It was just a blown call. Nothing more. And they're going to go above and beyond to do all of these things with these final two-minute reports. We're going to have like final fourth quarter reports and everything that was screwed up is just going to be common knowledge. I'm with you. I tell you what, this does no good for the game itself. It really doesn't. And no, it hurts it the referees. And I'm sure the referee association behind closed doors, I hope, is going to do something about it to get that report maybe squashed, at least being published publicly. That's for sure. Comments are welcome, as always. How on Twitter at the No Show, N O E Show, at Andy Furman FSL. We'll read them. We'll take your calls as well on this Mother's Day, 877 99 on Fox, 877 996 6369. We're live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. We're going to have bottom barrel betting at the end of this hour and an hour number three. The Sheik himself, Alex Marvez, will be here as well as Nose Picks. Yes, we're going to tell you why one NFL coach really messed up. That's next. Can't wait. He couldn't keep this secret. We'll tell you all about it in just about a minute, 21 past the hour. It's Fox Sports Sunday. He's Brian Noah. I'm Andy Furman. We are live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. And, of course, my man Brian Noah's got some tweets. Everybody tweets Brian No. Nobody tweets me because they're afraid. They're afraid, Brian. That's what they're afraid of me. No, no, you're included on this first one. This is from oh, John. Yeah. He tweets in and says, The Raptors firing Dwayne Casey Seems like the equivalent of SEC football teams firing high-quality coaches because they can't beat Saban. That's a decent comparison, don't Not you? Not bad. Not bad. Not I bad. Like that. Not bad. Very good, yeah. That's Saban's just got the SEC on lock, so it makes everybody else's failures seem way worse than it actually happens to be. And Trey checks in and says, Had a friend ask me, are you taking the Celtics or the Cavs, in which I replied, I'm taking LeBron. I like that <laughs> one. That's <pretty> <laughs> Yeah. So there you go, Andy. You know, it, it amazes you know, that's, a funny, tweets, yeah. that's a funny situation that uh, you just read about who you're taking. You're taking LeBron. Think about this. If LeBron was on the Celtics, you'd take the Celtics. It is LeBron. That's what it's all about, right? Yeah, sure. Of Absolutely. Like, that's the thing, man. It's Look, coaching matters. There's no doubt. But think about this for a second. Brad Stevens, as, as great of a job as he's doing, he has a six-year, $22 million deal. That's not even close to what LeBron makes in one season. You know LeBron I mean? makes more in endorsements. 
Right. Well, but just keep it with salary, though, Andy. Yeah. Okay. LeBron James, you put him on any team in the NBA, they're a contender. They're in the mix to be in the finals conversation, right? You can't put Brad Stevens on the Orlando Magic and they're instant title contenders. Doesn't happen. So here's the thing. Brad Stevens has done a magnificent job, but let's not lose sight on the players playing. Like, that's what it's turned out to be. Is right. Well, Brad Stevens, he's putting all these players in the right positions, and therefore, that's the only reason why they're succeeding. And it's crazy. Like, give Terry Rozier credit. Give Jalen Brown credit. Give Al Horford credit. Like, don't put everything on Brad Stevens, please. I'm with you, but I, I put a lot on Brad Stevens for what he's done because that team could have gone south after the injury factor. I mean, you have to give the coach credit for just keeping the, the team above above water. You know, that's so fine. They wouldn't, right, and he did. That, and yes, he's, he, that's he is totally fair. He is. No argument from me. All I'm saying is don't put everything on him. And I know you're right. not, but there are a lot of people who do. Right. And it makes me no tear doubt. my hair out. Let's and move I got to the keep NFL. my hair, you know? You love the NFL. Probably more than the the NBA. And we haven't touched on the NFL. But the big story landed in Detroit this week. And their coach, Matt Patricia, he expressed his innocence in a news conference after a 22-year-old aggravated sexual assault indictment in Texas that was reported in the Detroit News. And I got some questions on this one. If the Detroit News got hold of the grand jury indictment, why didn't the Lions do their background homework? And moreover, why didn't Patricia at least say, I've had some problems? It's difficult, I know. Say, I have had some problems in my past, but I'm in it. I mean, how do you handle this? I mean, and now I guess everybody wants his head. Everybody wants his head, but the point is this. Uh, it happened 22 years ago before Patricia even entered the NFL and before the league even had their current conduct policy was into effect. So nothing's going to happen to him. And Detroit's backed him. The Lions have backed him. They have, but you hit on the first point. How did the Lions not know about this at all? Like, they could have, even without asking him any questions, and that's the first first thing that stands out to me is, you think about all the questions for Des Bryant at the Combine, remember that? Right. There were some... Uh, there was some smoke in terms of what teams might have been asking Darius Geis, and it was never proven in this offseason at the Combine and all that. So we've had all of these prospects be asked these really interrogating-type questions. And when it comes to a potential head coach, it's like, so Matt, tell me about your defensive philosophy over it. Like, nothing in terms of, is there anything that we should know about you? Is there anything at all, any type of skeleton on your resume whatsoever? How do you not have a question like that? And even if you don't have a question, on Pro Football Talk, this you could do a simple search. You have access to certain things where if you type in the name Matt Patricia, boom, pops up right away. How what was do you the last not time vet out, the situation right. out? I couldn't agree more with you. But when was the last time you were asked those questions or I was asked those questions on a job interview? No one has ever asked me, hey, by the way, is anything we need to know about your past that popped up that could be embarrassing or detrimental here in our office workplace? Has anybody ever, you know, besides maybe a speeding ticket or a parking ticket? Really? Has anybody ever asked you that? No, no, Andy, but I wasn't interviewing to be the head coach of an NFL team, okay? Like, that's the thing, man. if, um, I don't know, let's just say for the sake of argument, something popped up 
with a, a sports talk radio host. It's not even close to getting the same coverage. Let's, let's say it was me for the sake of argument. Of course, there's nothing related to that in my past, but let's just say it did pop up. Do you realize how apples to oranges the media coverage would be compared to Matt Patricia and it showing up? That's why if you're an NFL franchise, you got to be really sure you know exactly who you're dealing with. And they did no type of digging whatsoever. I worked, and I'm not going to mention any names, I'm not even going to mention where I worked because I don't want to start any problems here, but I work with a partner in radio who had a domestic problem, and believe me, as soon as that thing hit the press, he was gone. That's all I'm saying. So it happens in all walks of life, and, and you got to be careful. You got to be honest. You got to be forthright. But Bill Belichick released a statement indicating that the team, his team, was not aware of the matter which recently came to light. Now I don't know if that's true or not. I got to believe it. Maybe Belichick was just so happy that this guy was a great defensive-minded coach that they never asked a question and never came up. I mean, 22 years ago, maybe why would it come up? You've been employed for all those years. It's something that's way back when, and now it's going to come and haunt them. Does the NFL punish him? First of all, these accusations might even be fabricated if, in fact, he says he's innocent, right? Well, nothing was proven. Never went to trial. There was an initial charge. So there was some smoke, but it never went to trial. The the woman that was alleging this didn't want to go through with the trial, and that's her right. So it was never proven. Right. So he's not going to get punished for it. It was like, what would you do? It was so long ago to to really dive into it. I mean, that's the thing is with the NFL, I, I don't know if they want to get into the business of being the law when the law isn't the law. Does that make any sense, Andy? It what, does. And I tell you what, you know what I'm this, saying? Like, you're exactly why, why right. Why does the NFL want to say, okay, this never went to trial, but we're gonna we're going to go through with this and see what's yeah, what. They can't like, supersede I, I the law. Know. Yeah, they yeah. cannot do that. And I'll tell you one other thing. In this whole situation, look, you know on opening day, Matt Patricia's going to be on the sidelines for the Detroit Lions. This looks worse for the Lions organization and their human resources department than, than basically Matt Patricia. They didn't do their homework. You know, it's like the Detroit News has to do their homework. The Detroit News did the human resource right. work for the Detroit Lions front office interview process. That's where That's it right. bad. That's exactly right. It's like if the Detroit Free Press can do it, why didn't you? The Lions just look like idiots. Right. That's the thing, Andy, is, you know, the Patriots, I believe Bill Belichick. I believe that a lot of coaches, they get laser focused on winning, and there are a couple of things that they just overlook in terms of coaching. You know, goodness, like... It's not. I'm not comparing it in the same level, but think about the Penn State situation. Like, think how many people were aware of things and right. heard things that were going on with Jerry Sandusky and just turned a blind eye to it. So yeah. it's happened before. It's happened numerous times, and it doesn't make it even close to being right. Hey, it's happening it's right now in Michigan State. It's happening in yeah. Michigan State right now, and nothing's happened. No coaches been gone. Really, think I about know it. it. It's, it's I know disgusting. It. it really is. It's it crazy. Really is. Yeah, you have all of these. You know, alleged rapes and all these crazy things, and you don't have head coaches losing their jobs. Like it's it's crazy what's going on. But I, in terms of this Matt Patricia thing, another thing that stands out to me real quickly, Andy, is if the Lions had known about this beforehand, is Patricia the head coach today? Where I find it interesting, where the president Rod Wood he's saying things like, "Oh, we believe in Matt." Patricia, a thousand percent, that hasn't wavered. And they're standing by their guy. But I find it interesting, 
All these things that there's a, we believe in him a thousand percent. They could be doing the exact opposite if they hadn't hired him in the first place. Right, and they can't do anything right now because it's embarrassing because they already hired him. That's the problem. Brian yeah. No, Andy Furman together. We call it Fox Sports Sunday. We're proudly brought to you by Granger, the products and services you need when you need them. Granger's got your back to help keep your facility running. Granger for the ones who get it done. Now, this wasn't a good week for one star quarterback. That's next, but first, let's go to our quarterback, the man himself, Ralph Irvin, for the latest. Well, thank you very much, Andy. And I have a question for you How do you spell hot? Hot? H O T. How about. R-E-D-S. And a high drive <laughs> hit back into deep left field. He might have gotten it all, and he did. Hit the top of the wall and bounced into the seats for an opposite field. Three-run home run. And just like that, the Reds have taken a 4-3 to three lead here in the sixth inning. WLW 700, the Reds radio network with the call as Cincinnati won their fifth straight 5-3 in L.A. over the Dodgers. Colorado shut out Milwaukee 4-0. Charlie Morton, 14 strikeouts and seven innings of work as Houston won their fourth in their last five, 6-1 over Texas. Cleveland got two home runs and two doubles from Francisco Lindor. They beat Kansas City 6-2. Online car shopping can be confusing, not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car, so visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience in the NHL playoffs. Western Conference Finals Game 1. It goes to Winnipeg. A 4-2 winner over the Vegas Golden Knights. Game 2 of that series will be Monday. Tonight it will be Game 2 in the East with Washington playing at Tampa Bay and it'll be in the East. Game 1 of the NBA Conference Finals. It gets started, believe it or not, in 11 hours from now. Of course, it's also... Rookie week, r- rookie camp weekends across the NFL, including this weekend in Pittsburgh. Well, thank you so much, Ralph. We'll see you in about an hour. Love the hat. Love the hat, Ralph. I really do. Just park the horse outside, please. It's smelling up the studio. He invites the critics. That's coming right up. Brian, no, Andy Furman, Fox Sports Sunday. I want to welcome everybody to the Fox Sports Radio Studios brought to you by Geico. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO, the only hard part. Figuring out which way is easier. And, of course, bottom barrel betting in less than 10 minutes. Question for my partner, Brian, no, because... Because I know you have the answer. That's why I asked you the question. Heard Ralph Irvin with all these highlights, and he said, how do you spell hot? I should have realized he's a trick question. It's the Cincinnati Reds. They won five Mm -hmm. straight. Why is it that on the 13th of May, on Mother's Day, May 13th, and we're like halfway through this show, we're talking NBA. I know it's playoffs. We're talking little NFL because there's some stuff going on in the NFL. Baseball is like an afterthought. Baseball is an afterthought. Think about it. Yeah, it is, man. Like they uh, got they got to be concerned. I'm not concerned because I I think when you talk about shelving the big stories, there's really not much going on, and they play every single day, so there's nothing really earth shattering. But if you're involved with Major League Baseball, you got to be concerned. Well, yeah, it's um, obviously you know it's one of these things. It's been like this for a long time. Um, I don't know what you do, like. Everybody, it's easy to point that out, but what do you do if you're Rob Manfred? How do you get baseball to be talked about a lot more? Like, What outside-the-box ideas can you come up with? And we've had all these discussions how to fix baseball. And I I mean, look, man, it's just (laughs) like if you have a a great stake once in a while, it, it seems greater 
You know, if you had a great steak once a week, that's kind of like the NFL schedule. You know, yeah. I know there yeah. are a couple of nights a week, but Sunday is the big day. If you have a great steak every single night of the week, you're like, hey, you know, I might want some chicken. <laughs> right? Like, so it's just so many games in baseball. And it's not a great steak to begin with. It's kind of like, uh, you know, like an Applebee's steak. You know, you better load that Take thing it up. Easy. With a lot of steak sauce. Take it easy. I'm just saying, you got to get some A1 on that bad boy, you know? You it's go, not yeah. terrible, but it's just, it's not high quality. That's kind of what right. baseball is. It's not high quality, and there's a ton of it. So it's not a great recipe for success right now. I don't know what you would do if you're Rob Manfred. You know what? To really the top of the hour. The top. Of, we have a plan how to get it better. We got a plan oh at the boy. top of the hour. Okay, we'll do oh that. Oh, well, we uh, will. But right I'd now, back talk to football. NFL. I know. Let's talk NFL. <laughs> what a week for Big Ben Roethlisberger, the Steelers quarterback. Now, before the NFL draft, he boasted that he's going to play three to five more years, which he may. He might do that. Then the Steelers go ahead and draft Oklahoma State quarterback Mason Rudolph on the third round, and he made it clear he wasn't happy with the pick. As a matter of fact, he said it wasn't his job to tutor the rookie. Man, I tell you what, you may not want to help him, but to go public with that, not a good, not a good look. Big Ben, not a good look, although since that time he's made some peace. He's made some peace. That was not a good look for Ben at that time. Well, I mean... We had Brett Favre say the same thing with Aaron Rodgers. I remember we interviewed Marshall Falk a long time ago in Fresno, and Steven Jackson was drafted to essentially replace Marshall Falk. And Marshall was like, it isn't my job to make sure somebody else is ready to play. That's their job. And so you've had numerous players say essentially what Big Ben said. And I realize it's a different deal when a star quarterback says it. I get that. But the concept still remains. And you might look sideways at a guy like, really? But if you think about it, would you want to groom the guy who's essentially going to take over for you and take over your radio shift? You know or would what, you though, be a little bit reluctant to I, do I, so? I'm in Ben's corner. I, I don't think it is his job to groom the quarterback. And I think that he would be shocked that they did draft the quarterback. But then again, I don't think anybody asked him to groom the guy. That's the thing. That's why I'm shocked that he goes out with that statement. You know what? He should have said when, when he was asked, what do you think of the Mason Rudolph pick? Say, I would say this. One day when I'm gone and I can't play anymore, he'd be a great replacement. Boom. End of story. That's all well, he should have said. he's asked a ton of questions, and I believe he was asked point blank, like, you know, are you going to help him get ready? <laughs> you know, if you're asked the question point blank, what are you supposed to say? say? Isn't that the coach's job? That's why we have coaches. I mean, really. Well, he essentially did. I mean, he's like, that's not my job. No, it isn't his job. It really isn't. And I'm sure the fact that Mason Rudolph is going to be on the roster, just watching and being around Ben and see what he does, he's going to pick up some of the things that he does. But still in all, you're not going to welcome a guy in the studio and say, hey, look, this is how you do it. This is how you prepare. This is how you do this. Next thing you know, you're out of a job. It doesn't work that way. Really? But that's, you know... <laughs> And look, that's not the only thing that, that went wrong and went south for Ben this week. Get this one. 76 is T.J. McConnell. Ski was only in the sixth grade. He asked for an autograph when he met Ben Roethlisberger way back in the day. But then Ben says he didn't have any time for the Hoops for a Cure event that T.J. McConnell was getting involved in. Take a listen. This was on the Dan Patrick Show, and Dan Patrick is on many of these same Fox Sports Radio affiliates during the week. Listen to what McConnell had to say when he was with Dan Patrick. I met Roethlisberger a while ago when I was little, but it wasn't too good of an interaction. 
you know, I respect him as a player, but he wasn't exactly the nicest guy. But, you know, he was being bombarded by people, so I understand. Did you ask for an autograph? Yeah, I was in, like, sixth grade. We were at a... Uh, <laughs> At like a, a, a hoop for a cure thing at my high school, and to be honest, I stopped rooting for the Steelers for a little bit after that. <laughs> I was a little petty and rooted for some teams in our division. I was a Cincinnati Bengals fan for a little bit. Oh my goodness, a Bengals wow. fan! Wow, yeah, but man, you, that was a rough interaction. You like forget the Steelers, man. I'll go Bengals. Everybody has a bad a bad autograph experience, right? If you're not asking for an autograph, maybe you're asking for a picture. Something. There are so many stories of fans getting blown off for an for an autograph, and they never forget. Long memories no, when it comes really to that. Let, let me say one thing, if I may. I think that autographs are basically meaningless. You, you, you never look a guy straight in the face. He has no idea who you are. You take the piece of paper, whatever it is, and you bury it in a drawer. You don't know where. It, they're overrated. Now, as much yeah. as I love sports and live for sports, people say, oh, you know, you interviewed such and such. You got his autograph? No. How many autographs no. do you have? Do you collect? I don't. I don't have any. I did the when only I was autograph a kid. I like is on a, a, someone's name on a check. That's the autograph I like. When I was a kid, I grew up in South Bend, so I'd go over to Notre Dame campus. And I would get autographs from football players, but I outgrew it. You know, I was a kid when I was doing that. So I think that you know, you, you age a little bit, and like you said, Andy, you look at what does it really mean? Right. Like it's it doesn't really mean a whole lot. If you're peers, I like if you're in the same, if you're an NFL player and you want to get an autographed jersey of another NFL player, that's kind of cool. That's all right, but. As a fan, I think you just outgrow it. I wouldn't look down on someone who hasn't outgrown the autograph phase, but I look at it and I say it's it's just not for me anymore, man. Like I just outgrew it. I I never I never understood the whole meaning of it. I really don't. I mean, to be honest with you, to wait online and pay for him now? Are you out of your mind? Not doing that. There's no way, Brian. I'll get your autograph, B. I'll take your order. <laughs> I thought you didn't Hell believe yeah. in him. I thought you hate him. What do you well, do? Yours, Why are you I'll reversing take. course? Well, yours I'll take. That's what I'll do. Okay. And Iowa right. Sam. That's what I'll do. And I was I, I, I want Ralph Irvin, a picture of Ralph Irvin with the hat and an autograph on the bottom. What's the hat? What is this? He's is got the cowboy the hat. hat on. He looks wonderful. I love it. Really, he looks yeah. like a, a guy from a Western movie. I love it. Have you seen that? That's the hat? our guy. Very fashionable. Yeah. Yes, he is. Mr. Chapeau himself. Brian No, Andy Furman live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. The game that keeps on giving. Ulcers. Bottom barrel betting is next. Bottom barrel betting coming right up about 11 minutes before the top of the hour. This is Fox Sports Sunday. He's Brian No. I'm Andy Furman. We're live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. we got a game to play. What are we waiting for? Let's do it. You got that thing for me? It's bottom. Oh, no. You thought you was late. You put my money to sleep. You go get my money or I'll put your brain to sleep. Yes, it is. And before we do that, I got some great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to Geico.com. And in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. Now, he's back as your host, the one and only R.D. Ryan Dennis. How are you? I'm doing well, guys. How are we doing today? Good. All right. Doing great. Yeah. Well, first off, we'll do a little recap. Last week... Um, I, believe it or not, lacrosse is what set the difference between it. Brian would have gone three and zero, but with uh, Andy picking Princeton as the winner of that game, you guys both had a tie. So we got yes, two for Go three Tigers. on both of them for you. Go Tigers! 
Freaking so, pen. Yeah. So the I, pen. What's pen's nickname? I Quakers. have no idea. Quakers. I thought. Yeah. The pen Quakers let me down. Ryan Dennis. Good lord. Can't trust them for can't, anything. Can't count on that Ivy League. I guess. Yeah. So with that, because uh, Andy picked Princeton, we'll have him start this off. Obviously, Ooh. we got Cavs and Celtics later today, and we've got a new nickname that came out of the uh, out of this whole playoff thing. Scary Terry. He attempted yeah. nine three-pointers in the last game against the Sixers, but only managed to can three of them. Right. It's it's kind of been close to his average so far in the postseason, so considering the Cavs' defense, over under three and a half threes for Scary Terry in game one. Over, over, definitely over. I'm going to go under. Really? That's a high number, hitting four yeah. threes. I'll take the under. Yeah, his yeah. average is right around three and a half, so, you know. We'll see how we're talking about Terry that's why Rozier, you picked that line, huh, Ryan? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's how I do Making it. Making life difficult on us. I yes. like it. Hey, and right. also, if I don't know if you guys know this, but the Dodgers stink. They are awful. <laughs> they, didn't they just get swept by the Reds? My goodness. But it's okay. Wow, that's, that's really scraping the bottom of the barrel when you get swept by the Reds. No kidding. No kidding. And it's it's okay. I can say that I'm a Dodger fan, so I get the, uh, I get the misery in, involved. So they're eclectic. We got to go through your teams of interest here at some point, Ryan. Dennis. Oh, I can break it down for you. I've got reasons for all of them, so it's okay. not just random going throughout. Right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, let's start it off. The Dodgers have six games between now and our next show, and Justin Turner may be back in the lineup next week. However, five of those six games are on the road. So over under three and a half wins for the Dodgers this upcoming week. Goodness, you love these week-long bets. It's interesting. Right. You, you love you the week-long baseball bets. It gives me something to root for the whole week, I guess. Yeah, they're on the road. Can we have the teams that they're playing? Yeah. They're playing three against the Marlins, two against the Nationals, and one more against the uh, the Reds. I'll take the over. That's just embarrassing getting housed by the Reds. They're going to be the locked in. Yeah, you know, I'm going to go over as well because the Marlins stink and they're due to beat the Reds today. They're not going to be swept in the four games. So I'll do that. Yeah. I'll go over. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. All right. So I saved the le- best for last, guys. There's no NBA-, NBA games on Thursday night, which is great because I wouldn't want anything diverting my attention from the World Arm Wrestling League's Super oh, Match Showdown bro. number 402. So it's a 6 402. 402. Good Lord. Yes, in wow. Baltimore, if anybody wants to go uh, check it out. It's, it's in the street. It's in the streets of Baltimore. <laughs> or in a bar. Who knows? Maybe Bronx Talk. We can host it from there. <laughs> to do a live event over there. It's a six-event series with one main event and five undercard matches. I'm going to have you guys pick a winner from three of those matches, Aye. and whoever gets the most correct will get the point. Aye. All right. So for this one, we'll start with uh, – we'll go with Andy on this one. Uh. Matt Wild Horse Mask versus Marcio Phenom Barboza. I'll take the wild horse because it reminds me of Ralph for some reason. I don't know why. I'm going Marcio. Marcio just sounds like he's, you know, he's cranking out arm wrestling wins. All right. Well, Matt Wild, or uh, yeah, Matt Wild Horse, he's uh, both these guys are about the same weight. So uh, it's a pretty even match. All right. We'll go on to the ladies Michelle, the Black Scorpion Dugan versus Lisa, lovely Lisa Wolfley. Brian. I'm going Wolfley. Like the first nickname, it sounds fierce, but maybe overcompensating. So I'm going the, the other way. I got the Black Scorpion. Are you kidding? Black Scorpion. All right. We'll get, we get the uh, diverse picks here, so this should make it uh, a little easier next week to pick the winner. And finally, we've got the main event, guys. Jerry 
Big Daddy Cataret is squaring off against Devin No Limits Larret. And before you guys make your picks, real quick, uh, actually, you know, let's go. Let's go ahead, uh, Andy. Go ahead. BD Big Daddy. I'm gonna go the other way. I don't remember who it was, but I'm taking no the limits. other side. We'll tell you why it's not better late than never. But right now, it's time to say good morning, America. Yes, it is that time. It's Fox Sports Sunday. He's Brian No. I'm Andy Furman. We're coming to you live from the Fox Sports Radio Studios, brought to you by GEICO. 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit GEICO.com for a free rate quote. Here he is, my partner on Mother's Day, the one and only Brian No. Hello, B. What's happening? What's going on, Andy Furman? Hope you're having a fantastic Sunday. I am. I got a quick question for you because Anything I was watching for that. You, dear. Yeah, that Lomachenko fight last night, and that guy's a fantastic fighter. But it's a TKO in the tenth round, and it was just this body shot to Linares, and just dropped him. It's like a rib shot, and I started thinking, you know, in the the fisticuffs that I've taken part in over my lifetime. I've never been hit, just punched hard in the in the abs or the ribs. You know, you typically try to to hit your opponent in the face, right? Have you ever been just punched? You know, I'm, hard I'm, I'm, in the I'm abs shocked. or ribs. No way! I'm shocked when I'm hearing the, the the amount of fights you've been in your life. I mean, I mean, I, I, I get into a few fights here I don't and there. Even, I don't I'm, even know the, the last fight or first fight I've ever been in. A lot of arguments and yelling. You've never been like, in one fight, Andy. You know, I don't. I don't remember honestly ever. I don't think I've Goodness, ever. Listen to I, you, I've the never, peacemaker. I've never That's kicked good. anyone's butt, and I don't know. No one's ever kicked my butt, really. Well, well, then it answers my question. You've never been punched in the midsection. I just, no. watching that fight, I'm like, I've never experienced that. And I'm running through Fight Club where it's, you know, the, the scene where it's like, I've never been into a fight before. You know, punch. I'm me. more interested in the like. amount of fights. you. When was the last fight you were in? How many how many days ago? Uh, it was a couple of weekends ago. No, it's a long really? time. Oh. Long time since I was in a fight, but... uh yeah, I've never been punched. Never been punched in the ribs before. I just think when you have world class fighters, like this is what they do. This is they do all these things to prepare their bodies to withstand punishment. Right. And a Lomachenko rib shot just dropped this guy to the point where he was just just kneeling on the canvas like oh gosh. And they're seven, eight, and he stands up and he's still like doubled over, like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I want to keep going. I just, I would like to know what it feels like. You know, just well, one time. Ask Ralph. Ralph Irvin could give you a shot. Ralph, the, will you punch me in the plexus. ribs, my friend? Yeah, yeah he really. would accommodate you. But I think a lot of times it has to do with just getting the air knocked out of you with the pain as well, obviously. But I think you're just knocked out. You're just like gasping for air. I mean, Have you it, ever had the air knocked out of you? The wind knocked out of you? No, I mean, I, I live Goodness, kind of a, Andy, we got to get some life experiences for I you, I live my a friend. sedentary life here. I mean, I, I go to the library, <laughs> I read books, I mean, I watch a little TV, I go out, I exercise, but I'm not into the, I'm not into fisticuffs, I'm not one of those guys that, you know, you're like a road rage guy. I guess you, <laughs> you get out of your car we, and start fights with people on the highway. I we got to rejuvenate Fight Club. Andy, if we get the modern day fight club going on, you know, each Tuesday night bare knuckle brawls, are you in? I got to train for that first. I'm not just yeah, going well, in to look, say, you know, I'll, I'll yeah, just say, I'm know in. 
I'm in. You go to the train. gym. You mentioned that you were biking but, while nude one time, right? Right, right. But I don't uh, fight at the no, gym. No, no, you weren't. It was somebody else. But you would right. swim nude in this right. club, right? Exactly. So it's an athletic Look, man, club. Yes. Yeah, just swim a few more laps. You're ready. You don't have to be in tip-top shape. Don't know. How to, I don't know how to use my fists. Okay, there's a there's a way to <laughs> use your fists. That's a problem. Fist. Like that's right. something right? you got got to get up to speed on. But uh, you know, I, I think the reason why now this uh, don't laugh, but I got to be quite honest with you. I'm opening up my inner self to you. I think uh-huh. the reason why I never got into a fight as a youth because I played musical instruments and I was afraid to break my fingers. Maybe that was the reason why. But no one ever teased me about that. I never never got into a situation that I had a fight. Really. So, you know the funny yeah. thing, Andy, is I somewhat, somewhat find that to be surprising just because of your demeanor on air. And it's not to say that you're, you know, you can be confrontational at times, right? I know, I know. Right. So I'm just surprised there hasn't been some lunatic listener that saw you walking around and started talking trash and well, you're not going to back down. I'm just surprised one thing didn't it, lead to funny, another and someone you threw a punch. That. No one threw a punch. I did have confrontations with people, but I will tell you this much. This is a very scary story going way back uh, during my days at WLW in Cincinnati. I would get these crazy phone calls, and one was a death threat. And I went to the station manager, and he didn't do anything about it. Don't worry about it. You know, it's a crazy guy. He's drunk. And I was worried about it. I really was. Yeah. So uh, what I did, and this is nuts. This is crazy. I went to the phone book to look for, like, a private detective and I didn't know any of them, but I, I took the biggest ad there was. I called the guy up, and he came and drove me home on a nightly basis. And I said, well, wait a minute. Who's going to pay for this? I mean, really and truly, I mean, this is money. And he watched it and whatever it was. At the end of the day, he says, uh, uh, don't worry. He went to the station manager. They char- This is a true story. They billed the radio station $25,000 because this went on for a couple of weeks. Well, wow. the station worked out a deal where I think it was like $20,000 in trade. They gave him a check. They eventually built up a, a, a doorway getting into the station, and they caught this guy. They did catch him, and they put him in jail. I didn't go to the uh, trial. There was a trial. The guy that was a lunatic, and they caught him. The guy was a, a, a sicko. He really was. But they caught him. But uh, still in all, I didn't get much support from the station. Maybe, wow. maybe it was somebody inside the station, inside job, that wanted me out. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. It it's messed up, thing. man. It, it is yeah. when it gets to that level. One of my buddies, Bruce Jacobs, he used to work on Fox Sports Radio, but we did yeah. radio together in Albany, New York. Bruce did political talk. He still does, but he was working a lot more um, in Phoenix. And he would tell me numerous times in Albany, he's like, they had to sweep my car. They had to sweep my car all the people time just to make sure there weren't ex- explosives underneath it because people are out of their minds. Like, it's just crazy when it comes to that. It's, you know. should never, no athlete, no media members have to deal with death threats. No person walking the earth should have to deal with death threats. But sadly, it happens. Man. Well, I remember living in uh, Littleton, Colorado. When I worked at Centennial Racetrack, there was a talk show host at KOA in Denver, 85 KOA. And some lunatic met him in the garage in the parking lot and shot him and killed him. I forgot his name. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that was terrible. It was really bad. It's weird. It's because, you know, a lot of people hear what they want to hear or what they think they hear. That's the biggest problem I I have is if somebody disagrees with something I'm not saying. 
It's like I'm not saying that. If you understand what I'm saying, you disagree with it, fine. You know, reasonable minds can view things differently, but it drives me crazy when someone's going nuts and they don't understand what I'm even saying. There's a story in Fresno, real quickly, while we're telling all these uh, happy-go-lucky stories on Mother's <laughs> Day here, Andy. Yeah. Where one of my buddies, he he said something that was completely taken the wrong way, where he was... Uh, there was an update, like a weather update or something like that. Right. And uh, the the person said, she mentioned a location. And my buddy Greg was just like, oh, yeah, that's a stone's throw away from such and such. Some people thought that Greg was saying throw stones oh and Lord. deface their business. Right. And they took this wow. as a... Huh? Huge threat. They would show up. They would cuss them out. They would circle the parking lot. It was this whole thing for months and months. The station had to make a contribution to a certain thing. They had to donate some money so it would cool everything down. And there was nothing wrong said ever. It was just taken the wrong way. Can I, can I lighten this up for you on Mother's sure. Day? If I may? I'm going to take, take your story and up you one, okay? okay. We, had a guy, we had a guy on WLW Radio called the Truck and Bozo. He did a trucker show for midnight to like five in the morning and he was huge he really was and as stories go and i wasn't there when it happened he told me this story one time his name is dale summers may he rest in peace the truck and bozo he said at one point in time he told everybody in the city of indianapolis to flush their toilets at once and no one had water at one time that's how big <laughs> that's how powerful this guy was overnight he says when i say three i want everybody to flush their toilet and flush their toilet they did in indianapolis and no one had water service that's how big he was oh. I, I, I mean you. that's that's using your powers for good yes you know? there we go right okay. there we go. thank you very much now we move on because you said this more than once and i i believed you when you said it i believe you now and i cannot believe that history is repeating itself uh, on a day when the Celtics meet the Cavaliers in the Eastern NBA Finals, 3.30 today Eastern time, the NBA once again steps on their own toe. Now, if you remember, the, Caval- the Celtics eliminated the 76ers. And during that game, the league says Aaron Baines should have been called for a foul on Joel Embiid with about 14 seconds left no. in that Boston win, 114-112. Why? What is the upside of telling the world you were wrong after the fact? We went through this before, and you made some great points on it, saying that you know, you just can't let it let sleeping dogs lie. But again, the league—what are they trying to show that that we're better than you? We're better than the officials that we have. Why would you make your own officials look like fools anyway? I don't get it. Uh, yeah, it's just stupid. I think that. Well, this is on the heels of the Tim Donaghy thing, right? When there was an official on the take and. This is the weird thing to me, Andy. We've talked about this before, but we need to talk about it again. What leads to this final two-minute report is that the NBA is trying to be transparent. They're trying to say, look, we're not crooks here. We're not on the take. These officials aren't intentionally blowing calls so that the over or the under hits or what. They're not influencing the outcome of the game to benefit themselves financially. That's essentially what the NBA is saying. It's like, we're on the up and up, right? Right. But just having this final two-minute report doesn't prove that at all. (laughs) Like, all you're doing is making your officials look bad and make the ending of the game, you're you're like decreasing the value of it. You're basically saying, yeah, the Celtics won, but... Maybe they shouldn't have. <laughs> so yeah. Why would you do that to your own product? And, and you're killing the gamblers in Vegas. That's what you're doing, too. 
Well, that also, like, you've got gamblers just tearing their hair out. Like, right. what do you mean it should have been a foul? So let me get this straight. Embiid should have been going to the foul line with a chance to tie the game up? That kind of matters, right? Like, It's crazy. It really, you know, with the, with the technology that we have today, with the replays we have today, to be honest with you, we didn't have half of these problems probably 10 to 15 years ago, and there was a lack of technology. There was only two officials as opposed to three officials, and right now there seems to be more and more controversy on these games, and I think the league thinks they're doing the, a, a service to the public. They're doing a disservice to their league as well as the people they hire to officiate the games. Right, right. And look, it doesn't lead to anything good for the NBA. That's the crazy thing. They're creating a problem. Because, look, if this led to some interesting uh, discussions on the air, or your, your product is being covered a little bit more extensively, I could see that. But it doesn't lead to any great conversation where, you know, we can't have a what-if conversation. We don't know for sure that the Sixers would have won Game 5 if they called that foul on Baines. We don't know that. So at the end of the day, it's just a distraction from the conclusion of the game, wouldn't you want the focus to be on the Celtics and Brad Stevens? They're moving on and what the Sixers need to do instead of, well, they screwed up this call and maybe we have an outcome that we never should have had. Why would you create that problem? You've got enough problems to deal with. Don't create some for yourself. No doubt about it. And this last two-minute report, which is published, I ask you, look, I'm sure they've had a last two-minute report for years in the NBA. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. But why would you publish it? Why would you let this go public? I don't get it. Whose brainchild was this to let this go out there? Celtics won that game 114-112. They took that 4-1 lead, and they advanced to play the Cavaliers today in the finals. But the point is this. The referees right now could have changed the outcome of the game, and they said there should have been a foul there. And and look, it's a human it's a human error. That's that's the beauty of the game. See, I'm not into the technology because I think what it does is stops the play, stops the momentum, gives teams, affords teams an extra timeout, which they probably shouldn't have. Play right. the game, have the human error factor. You've had it for years. And you know what? The technology has not corrected the human error if the league's going to come out with a two-minute report and tell you they screwed up anyway. Well, and here's the thing, man. If you spin this forward, Andy, you know me. I'm a fan of a little something called gambling. Love it. And it really? seems like gambling is going to be legalized in this country in the not-too-distant future. Right. What happens when it is? Are we going to see this final two-minute report in the NBA become commonplace all over the place? Oh, Are we going to have the NFL? Are we going to have Major League Baseball? Are you going to have all of these leagues going above and beyond to say, we're not on the take we're legitimate, it was just a blown call, nothing more, and they're going to go above and beyond to do all of these things with these final two-minute reports. We're going to have like final fourth-quarter reports and everything that was screwed up is just going to be common knowledge? I'm with you. I tell you what, this does no good for the game itself. It really doesn't, and no, it hurts it the referees, and I'm sure the referee association behind closed doors, I hope, is going to do something about it to get that report maybe squashed, at least being published publicly. That's for sure. Comments are welcome, as always. 
How? On Twitter, at The No Show, N-O-E Show, at Andy Furman FSL. We'll read them. We'll take your calls as well on this Mother's Day, 877-99 on Fox, 877-996-6369. We're live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. We're going to have bottom barrel betting at the end of this hour, and in hour number three, the Sheik himself, Alex Marvez, will be here, as well as Nose Picks. Yes, we're going to tell you why one NFL coach really messed up. That's next. Can't wait. The team is set. We'll explain that in just a minute. Brian No, Andy Furman, Fox Sports Sunday, and of course, we're live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. And I know Alex Marvez is waiting in the wings. He's in the green room right now. He'll join you at the bottom of the hour. That'll be 8.30 Eastern. Talk a little NFL football. But right now, my partner Brian No is going to talk some tweets. Let's hear him. We got one from the member formerly known as Missy R., and she says, my mom's absolute favorite is being taken to a Cardinals game. Sorry to say, no pancake house for her. She wants baseball. So that was our little talk there, Andy. Instead of going to the, uh, taking mm. mom out to grab some food, if, if, underlined bold letters, right, highlighted, yeah. if she wants to take in a ball game, maybe go that route. Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. Yeah, How I, about I that, mama, yeah. member formerly known as Missy R, being a Cardinals fan? Huh? You like that. That's my you? squad, Andy. I know. You know you me like and my that. dad love the cards. I know you do. You're doing well, too. The lovely Christina, big fan of the cards. Yeah, Huge. They got a lot of fans. I mean, yeah. the St. Louis Cardinals, I mean, it's the only team in the world that could, that could get 44,000 people on a Wednesday afternoon. Really. I mean, I'm <laughs> amazed. It, it's really, I don't know why. I mean, certain cities, I guess, are baseball cities. They claimed at one point in time Cincinnati was a baseball city. That's gone. That train is gone out of the station. But St. Louis. Tuesday afternoon, 44,000. Thursday afternoon, 45,000. That's what they do. That's what they do I in think, St. Louis. I think Cincinnati, not to prolong this baseball talk, Andy, but yeah, one last on. quick point here yeah. before, I don't know, NFL? NFL? Yes, please, yes. In, NFL? Um, yes. <laughs> I think that Cincinnati would be a lot like Cleveland, you know, when the Indians went on their tear, and it was just baseball fever. You know as well as I do. If the Reds caught fire to that same degree, that stadium would be packed. Oh, yeah, it's a front-running city. Absolutely. No doubt about yeah. that. Let, let's talk football, but let's talk about a different area of football. Let's talk about the announcing crew, and that's why I ask people to get on their horn, get on their phone, and call us because we're going to have some questions to ask. We want some fan interaction on this one. We may even go around the studio here. ESPN's new Monday Night Football crew is official. They announced it the other day. They announced, I think, Thursday was a play-by-play announcer, Joe Testator, Cowboys tight end Jason Witten. They're going to be in the booth. Former Tampa Bay Bucks and Colts defensive tackle Anthony Booger McFarland is going to serve as an officer. Field analyst and Lisa Salters will continue to be ESPN sideline reporter. I'm not going to comment about you know who's good, who's bad. Is it going to work? I could care less if it works. But who moves the needle for you? That's the question. Are there certain announcers for certain games that really move the needle for you? And basically, you will go out of your way to watch an event because of a certain announcer. I've never been that person. I, I could watch a game and say, "Oh my goodness, this guy's." for the birds he's terrible or this guy's good but the game is the key to me the game is the key but not the announcer but there are people out there that really and truly go gaga over certain announcers and they'll watch that game for that announcer are you one of those people no i'm not i watch the game for the game i'm watching anything i'm watching brown's 
you know, uh, uh, name some other bottom feed. I'm watching Browns. <laughs> who's someone else decrepit at the end of a season? Huh? He, see, Ralph said Bengals. I mean, come on. Bang, oh, there you go. I'm yeah, watching yeah, Browns Bengals week My 16. Friend. Yeah. How do you spell to end. That's just me. That's right. right. But I look at it like this, Andy. It'd be like going to a restaurant. I'm going to the restaurant to get a meal. And it'd be like the restaurant saying, oh, you know what? It's on sale. It's like, oh, nice. That's how I feel with commentators. I don't watch specifically for them. But if it's like, oh, and by the way, it's Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth. I'm like, oh, that's nice. Awesome. I like those guys. They're fantastic at what they do. But I don't tune in for them. I tune in for the game. Well, I'll tell you what I do now. When I watch the NBA, I live for the NBA TNT halftime I, oh, I, I love I, I love it. I mean, really, with Shaq and Barkley, and they go after each other, and Kenny the Jet. I love that. And Ernie Johnson does a great job, really. How about now, that I, new technology where Kenny oh, Smith is superimposed right? onto the I court? That, that is awesome. It's tremendous. Now, when I watch the NBA on ESPN, at halftime, I either go to the toilet or get, a, get something to eat. I, I can't stand the halftime. I mean, you talk about the the exact opposite. I don't know where they got these guys from. I mean, it's the worst, really. I mean, their halftime, they shouldn't have a halftime when the NBA. It's weird because I like all the guys. I, I like everybody I, on the cast. But they don't. Everyone, they don't, they, they but don't collectively, match. it just yeah. doesn't work. It's it not there. I, maybe it's one of these. Maybe that's why Dwayne Casey got fired. You know, <laughs> <laughs> seriously. You're they, right. His. His failures look even worse because of LeBron and his successes. So if we never had inside the NBA, if we didn't have that to compare it to the gold standard, maybe the ESPN halftime show wouldn't look as bad as it does. But it does. But it does. It look does. And I'm glad you <laughs> and I agree on this because to me, I mean, I, there's something missing. I mean, is it the chemistry? They, they don't work together. They don't like each other. I don't know what it is. And the, who's the girl that handles that? Because I, I usually walk out of the room when, when it's on is anyway. Is it still Michelle Beadle? Yeah, she doing she, it? She needs to just pipe down. You know, I oh, wow. just, just just do what Ernie does. Ernie's the host, and he throws it to the other guys. Just just throw it to the to the guys on the on the on the desk over there. What are you doing? It makes me crazy. I mean, I get too nervous. I really do. Well, I, have to I mean, leave look, the room. man. There's only one Charles Barkley, and when you get him involved, and then Shaq plays off of him, it's, it's like great. Charles Barkley is a star player. Charles Barkley is the LeBron. Of a, a no show doubt. like that. Yes. And everybody else feeds off of that. Everybody else is a role player. So there's only one Charles Barkley. Good luck finding the equivalent but there or the could next be. guy in there's line. There's got to be ESPN another Charles Barkley. There's got to be another one out there. there no, has- there's only one. There's uh, only one. He, there's great. only one guy exactly like Chuck. There's only one. You might find someone, former player, who's highly entertaining and unpredictable. That's fine. But good luck finding the next guy. That's you know what though? In the no, same here's realm. the thing. If I was programming for ESPN, and I know they got a lot of guys in their stable, I put Bill Walton on that show. He's a little bit like Charles. Bill Walton would do okay on that halftime show. He does a good job, right? I mean, I like you oh, along God, the, please, the right no. lines, thinking outside the box. But he just—he's just too old, man. It's not going to uh. move the needle. He's going to say some things that are fun, but it's it's not going to be fun fun. It's going to be like he's going to be trying like hot take mixed with yeah. hippie guy. And it's no. Yeah, yeah. No. It's, no. You know, you know You're what, all, all on the sa- on the right path, but 
I will not tell him. you this much. It ain't my problem, and I'm not here to help the four-letter network. They could go down the tubes as far as I'm concerned, okay. and they're doing there a good go. job of it. There you go. Brian No, Andy Furman, we are Fox Sports Sunday, proudly brought to you by our good friends at Granger. Yes, the products and services you need when you need them. Granger's got your back to help keep your facility running. Granger for the ones who get it done. You'll never guess who we invited as a guest. Alex Marvez, the Sheik, tells you all about it next. But first, let's find out the latest with our guy. We love him to death. The one and only Ralph Irvin. Thank you very much, Andy. And, of course, it was game one of the Western Conference Finals in the NHL playoffs on Saturday. And well, the home team had quite a night. And this one will come to an end. And the Winnipeg Jets defeat the Vegas Golden Knights by a score of 4-2 and take a one-game to lead in this best-of-seven Western Conference Final. TSN 1290, the Jets radio network with the call. Winnipeg takes Game 1. Game 2 will be Monday in Manitoba. Game 2 in the Eastern Conference will take place later today as Washington plays at the Tampa Bay Lightning. It'll be Game 1 in the Eastern Conference NBA playoffs coming up in just about seven hours from now. That's because Cleveland will be playing at the Boston Celtics. And at the Players' Championship, (laughs) Webb Simpson is your leader. Seven shots ahead of the rest of the field. Tiger Woods, by the way, did shoot a 7-under 65, but he's 11 back heading into today's final round. Great news, there's a quick way you can save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on your car insurance. And on the Diamonds on Saturday... The Reds won their fifth straight. They dropped the Dodgers 5-3. The Pirates have won five straight. They beat the Giants 6-5. And Eric Hosmer's 13th inning RBI double gave San Diego a 2-1 win over St. Louis. Back to you. Thank you, Ralph. Have a great day. Enjoy your day. Enjoy your week. Enjoy your life, really. Really so. Okay. (laughs) Alex Marvin's coming right up. It's Brian No Andy Furman. We call it Fox Sports Sunday. By the way, welcome everybody to the Fox Sports Radio Studios. We're brought to you by Geico. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. And in about 10 minutes from now, we'll have nose picks. But right now, we're going to the Fox Sports Celebrity Hotline, the one and only celeb on football. Who knows it better than Alex Marvez, the Sheik. And Alex Marvez will join us momentarily. How's that? Is he there? There yeah. Him efforting, efforting Alex Marvez. Earth to Alex. Earth to Alex. Okay. I, I heard he was eating some. Uh, what was it? Mashed potato pancakes. What did you say earlier? Potato pancakes. I think it was. Potato pancakes. Happy Happy Mother's Day, Alex Marvez. How are you? Thank you. We're talking potato latkes here. Here we go. There we go. We talked about our favorite mother's food, and I, I mentioned that was my mom's favorite. But by the way, we move on. Okay. I, I got a story that really should be percolating a lot more so than it has been around the National Football League. The Indianapolis Colts quarterback, Andrew Luck, has not thrown a football as part of his rehab from shoulder surgery. This according to the coaching staff. How come no one's talking about this thing? Well, I mean, they've been they, – they've, let me put it like this. They've hit the reset button a little bit on this whole situation with Andrew Luck. Remember last year we had Jim Irsay spewing that, no, no worries, the guy will be ready for the start of training camp, and Chuck Pagano, yeah, boss, <laughs> you know, and, and clearly he wasn't, right? So right. In, in this case, I feel like they've been a lot more straightforward, and they said he may not throw very much during this, this program. And what, what has been happening in the past, or in the past, not repeatedly, but, you know, there were some skips, some steps that were skipped in the rehab program. 
and that was on the Colts' fault, and that was on Andrew Luck's fault because he was so anxious to get back out on the field, he rushed through things. This shoulder surgery that he underwent, obviously, is so significant that they want to be absolutely sure before putting him back out there. They don't want to ruin a quarterback like the Colts previously did with Burt Jones in the 1970s, Terry Bradshaw with the Steelers in the early 1980s. I mean, they want to make sure this is absolutely right. So for right now, it's Jacoby Brissett who's doing the throwing, and it's Andrew Luck who's doing the watching. You know, we all know about the drug testing that goes on for players, Alex, and I saw a comment from Cowboys CEO and Vice President Stephen Jones where he's talking about getting the ball to Tavon Austin 12 to 24 times per game. Do we need to drug test that guy right away? That's so funny. Well, you listen, this always sounds good in theory with Tavon, right? It does. I mean, because really, when you look at him, like, wow, this is Percy Harvin redo. You know, he's played running back before at West Virginia. He can be, he can be a receiver. But you know what? It, in reality, it just doesn't work that way. First, you know, people do account for Tavon Austin when he's on the field. They always notice it because usually he's put in a gimmick situation where you're not getting snap after snap. But he's not a very good route runner. That's part of the problem as well. When they tell you to run the route 15 yards, and he's told me this before. This is a big problem when he came in the league. When the route's 15 yards, you've got to run it 15 yards, not 13, not 12, things like that. He just hasn't evolved as a football player entirely during his time in the NFL. I think that it's optimistic thinking by the Dallas Cowboys. And listen, it, they're going to have to do the, the passing by committee, clearly, because no Des Bryant, no Jason Witten. Right now you're just talking about there's really no one number one wide receiver. I mean, if Alan Hearns gets back to his form from a couple years ago, sure, maybe he could grab that mantle. But is Alan Hearns scaring defenses? Is anyone game planning to take Alan Hearns out of the game? No. And that's, you know, and it's interesting when you, I don't know if you had a chance to see it this week, but it's an incredible clip online that NFL.com put out from Jason Witten's retirement news conference where Jason Garrett breaks down a play the way the Jason Witten Y option route. And, you know, you see Jason Witten, number one, they explain the play and it's incredible, but they also say, look, Dez, he's drawing a double team. This was from a Detroit Lions playoff game against the Cowboys a couple years ago. Last year, Dez stopped drawing those double teams. It makes it that much harder on offense when you don't have weapons. That's the challenge that Dak Prescott is facing in 2018. Interesting. He's Alex Marvez from the Sporting News and, of course, Fox Sports Radio's NFL Insider with Brian Noah, Andy Furman. And a story that caught my eye just the other day, Seahawks coach Pete Carroll invited this celebrity from the Internet, Jordan Peterson, to speak to his staff. Why would he do that? Why would he bring this guy in? Pete is into conspiracy theories. Believe it or not, that's like one of his habits, one of his patterns, and, and I think it's a terrible decision, to be quite honest with you. I mean, you talk about bringing someone in like this, and, you know, your, your, your team already is involved in a mess when it comes to the Colin Kaepernick situation. And, you know, now look, Pete's been very open with his players. You know, you look at the history of the guy, he's let people, you know, there's no policy against standing, sitting, kneeling, doing a handstand during the national anthem, whatever. Pete Carroll has not cracked down on that. So, but he does have some interesting guys that he does listen to when it comes to shaping his worldview. So brought this guy in, and listen, they've taken a ton of flack on it as an organization. And again, I say this the same week that you're having collusion uh, charges, uh, you know, the, the testimony that you're giving about those things that are being pressed by Colin Kaepernick and his attorney, you bring this guy in, I don't think it's necessarily a good look for the Seahawks. I also don't think that Pete cares. You know, Alex, we've had so much focus on the rookie quarterbacks and four of them going in the top ten, but... You start looking at these running backs with Saquon and Sony Michelle and Rashad Penny. They're all first-rounders. Darius Geis in the second round. When it's all said and done, do you think the 2018 draft is going to be remembered more so for the great success of running backs or quarterbacks? Ooh, this is a great 
question. This is a great. Andy's been prepping you, huh? I see how this works. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Uh, no, Brian, I, I think you're right. I think this may be remembered more ultimately as a running back class. Let's not forget on Johnson with the Detroit Lions. And sure. you know, they're pretty intent on having him try to break that streak of, you know, 100 yard games, you know, the droughts that has gone on since November 2013. So I think there's something to be said for that. And you never know. There's always some late round guy that ends up servicing as a bell cow back as well. The one that's intriguing and doesn't generate a lot of buzz, Rashad Penny. This guy is going to touch the football early and often. They see him as a as a every down back rusher receiver. He's going to get every chance and you know clean medical history, which thrilled them because of all the problems they've had at the position. And when you look at what you know Russell Wilson is throwing to, he's got two good receivers that we trust. That's about it. No tight end right now from a pass catching standpoint. They are going to try to run this football. They've added a fullback to the offense once again. It's not Max Strong. I'm disappointed, but the point is that Rashad Penny is going to be the focus of this offense, and I think that is going to be interesting in Seattle. They're going to try to go back to playing smash mouth type football and hope that that defense can hold up and they think this is the way it's going to get them back into the postseason. All right, Sheik, i got to ask you, what's the next step for Lions coach Matt Patricia? What do the Lions do? What does the NFL do, if anything? Well, we're all waiting, apparently, according to the Detroit Free Press, we're all waiting for the South Padre Island police to go back into a warehouse and dig up a box that has all sorts of information about uh, the indictment that was given and, you know, the, the police aspect of it, you know, the, you know what, it, what the police report exactly was. See, and that's why this thing is a little bit open-ended. We don't know two things. Number one, what's going to be found when, when people go back and they look through all the materials that are involved with Matt Patricia? The other would be, does the, uh, the alleged victim say, hey, I'm Come, you know, I need to. I want to say my piece, and whether you know, do they do that through a journalism outlet? Do they do it themselves online? I mean, and then it becomes a he said, she said type situation that isn't good for anyone. To me, though, I think the Detroit Lions are committed to Matt Patricia as their head coach, unless something comes out that is so heinous that it would indicate otherwise. But I mean, listen, they've not only committed to him, Bob Quinn, the guy who's been banging the drum behind the scenes while Jim Caldwell was still his head coach to get Matt Patricia in the building. He was just given a five-year contract extension. Guys, are you? Gonna to part ways with both Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn and pay five years each of their salary for termination and then move forward with new coaches and a new general manager? I don't think so. I think ultimately the Lions are just hoping that this blows over after all the egg that they got on their face this past week for not properly vetting Matt Patricia. We just got a tweet from Senior Pizza. And I feel that we have to go down this path, Alex. (laughs) Senior Pizza writes, uh, what's the next surprise team to win a Super Bowl? I think it'll be Jimmy G, the Jimmy G 49ers. Now, maybe five years from now, I don't know. But in terms of this year, I think they're going to struggle just to get to 500. I don't believe in the roster. Where do you come out on the Niners? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm bullish on the Niners, and I, and I think they're a little bit above 500. What happened was the, the Garoppolo acquisition sped everything up. Suddenly you're, you're talking about maybe a two-year overhaul because year one was just, you know, clearing out the roster and, and creating salary cap space and finding guys who fit in your system. Then year two was supposed to be with a rookie quarterback or with Kirk Cousins. But as time went on, they realized they didn't have much of a shot at Kirk Cousins. Why not get the bird in hand and Jimmy Garoppolo? And it has allowed them to fast-track everything. I mean, they got half, a, you know, almost half a season working with Jimmy. When, and I'm, talk, I'm not talking about games, but I'm talking about practices, et cetera, finding out his strengths, his weaknesses, and the ability to tweak that offense. 
defense. I love the direction that they're going. Look, Jarek McKinnon, is he going to be that guy that, you know, that multi-purpose uh, Devontae Freeman-type running back? That's a question to me. He was paid the most of any running back in the NFL in free agency this offseason. Think about that. Jarek McKinnon, college quarterback from Georgia Southern, making serious coin in the NFL. But I think their wide receiver position has been upgraded. Defensively, they should be better, especially in the secondary. But I will tell you this, this Reuben Foster situation hangs over their head as well. If he is out and he's going to be, if he gets released because of information coming out that he did indeed strike a woman during a domestic violence situation and the 49ers, as they said, if there's any physical contact, they're moving on. That would be a big blow to this defense. But I also think, too, what are we going to get from Arizona? Blah. You know, Seattle, sort of a limited team right now. That's why I think the 49ers can make some hay in this division. This is the worst time of the week for Brian Noah and myself. This is the time we say goodbye to Alex Marvez, and we won't hear from him for seven days. God bless you. We love having you here. You're the greatest. You really are. We love you, Alex. Thank you so much. Mazel, mazel. I'll be back today, 4.30 p.m. Eastern time on Fox Sports Radio, giving an NFL update before heading to see Steely Dan and the Doobie Brothers. Woohoo! Enjoy, wow. enjoy. Alex Marvez. On Fox Sports Radio, Brian No, Andy Furman live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. And we have 65,000 reasons why you love this. That's next. Progressive's new Home Quote Explorer is changing the way you buy home insurance. Now you can go online, get a custom quote, and save both time and money. Learn more at Progressive.com. Nose picks coming right up about 10 minutes before the top of the hour. Brian, no, Andy Furman. By the way, top of the hour, Dan Beyer, Michael Harmon will join you on many of these same Fox Sports Radio affiliates. We'll also get him on the iHeartRadio app or SiriusXM83. I think that Harmon may not be there today. Who's there today? Dan Beyer and Harmon, they're not together? Tell me that crew again. It's actually Olden Polonese and Mike Harmon today. Oh, wow. All right. Okay. The big O. The big O will be there. Okay. I apologize. Dan Byers not there today. And uh, we are live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Without further ado, let's go to Nose Picks. Are you ready for it? Sparky, here's the deal. Are you in desperate need of gambling insight? Do not fear, for Brian No is here. And now the time has come for Nose Picks. First off, props to Iowa Sam with some Jimi Hendrix music at the end of our show. I thought that was a great ad by him. Good look by you, Iowa Sam. And now to the picks. Sorry for that editorializing. <laughs> this is a gimme. It's an absolute layup, Andy Furman. Warriors to win the NBA Finals, they're at minus 160 right now. Jump on. If they happen to lose game one on Monday, which is possible, jump on even more because the odds are going to decrease, obviously. But the Warriors will end up winning a championship. Rest assured, that's a layup. I'm also going to take the Warriors first half over 57 points in game one. I think they come out hot on Monday night, so I'm going over there. And for the game today, Celtics, Cavs, I was looking at the props, Andy. Uh-huh. And we know that the Cavs don't play lockdown defense. Terry Rozier, he has 69 assists, 16 turnovers in the playoffs. I'm going to take the over four and a half assists for scary Terry Rozier. There's your trio of picks. What do you think about that, Andy? You good I, I with think, that? I, I like that, but here's my question now. I, I understand how confident you are in giving me the picks. Will you lay some uh, some shingles on these things? 
Basically, some scoops. Yeah. Yes. Um, All right. I just want to make sure. I just want to make yeah, sure. Yeah, some scoobies. I got to get down on the Warriors to win the finals. All right. Uh, like, it's less than minus 200, so I'll definitely go there. But it's the time of the show, Andy, where you could go your own way. Anything light, anything serious. What do you have for us? Oh, great. You know, they say that love is a powerful drug, but one woman is now behind bars after allegedly sending 65,000 text messages to a man she's calling her soulmate, okay? Paradise Valley in Arizona, the police arrested Jacqueline Aids, 31 years old, of suspicion of stalking and harassing a man she met online. Uh, Court documents say that uh, she visited the man's home and office while flooding his phone with threatening text messages. How do you like that? How do you like that? 65,000 text messages. That's crazy. I'm going to go a little bit on the serious path. Not completely serious, but a little bit. There's some some flack that Sixers head coach Brett Brown caught for saying this. You know, I think that a a, a other, you know, high-level free agent is required. Okay, they need a high-level free agent. I got news for, for anybody who's... Who's saying something negative about Brett Brown? Everybody not named the Warriors needs a high level yes. free agent. Okay, yes. <laughs> like <You're laughs> even exactly the Celtics. Right. We love Brad Stevens right now, but they need a high level free agent. And, and I do love the free A part. That was could good. be LeBron James. By the way, thank you so much. Thanks for joining us. See you next week on Fox Happy Sports Mother's Radio. Day. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct, but most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.